Welcome to the Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode macro plot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macro plot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order and you can skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we are playing using the mechanics from a game called Lasers and Feelings. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Lasers and Feelings on johnharper.itch.io backslash laser feelings. That's J-O-H-N-H-A-R-P-E-R dot I-T-C-H dot I-O backslash lasers and feelings. Build your own Lasers and Feelings character and play the game with friends. Speaking of friends, today we are joined by Aletha. Howdy. I am a tall elven woman, and I have bright yellow hair and bright blue eyes, and I wear a lot of blue and gold colored things, and I like to spend my time out in nature. Next up, we have Eddie. Yo, what's up? I'm Eddie. So, uh... I don't really know what's going on here, okay? I just woke up here with some uh, golden armor and this uh, spiky ball on a stick thing. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I am. Um, last I was on, I was on a shift with, with my ambulance in, the, in, in, in Bronx. And, you know, now I'm here. Uh, uh, speaking of elves, hi. We're going to talk about that later. I'm a human, and don't you believe anybody who says anything else. Okay. <laughs> and routing out our trio is Brandy. Uh, here's an electrician joke for you. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. My goal with my character this season is that I'm going to try to learn a new character voice. I've got some character voices that I'm comfortable with. And I was like, okay, I want to learn a new one. Which one can I learn? I'll pick someone that I like. And I really like Sofia Vergara. And she's funny. She's funny as heck. So I've been watching a Sofia Vergara episode uh, like or clip before every game this year. I'm going to keep doing that until the end of the year. And maybe I'll be able to talk a little bit more like her by the end of the year. But I'd consider myself at about 1% um, up that meter of how good this accent is. So um, enjoy. <laughs> Fantastic. I think you're doing great. Yeah, so far off to a great start. <laughs> As members of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild, you all wear a crest with the Fire Breathing Kitten on a shield. Let's go around the table and have each one of you tell us where your crest is worn. Let's start with Brandy. Uh, I think it's on my ankle. And Chest. Aletha? Yeah. <laughs> Mine is on my wrist. And Eddie. Wait, did did somebody tattoo me while I was sleeping? Y'all, you're, you're going to have to do a skin check for me here. I didn't sign up for this, okay? Fantastic. <laughs> That's great. So, adventurers, uh, the day is going to start off fairly normal. Not too much is going on. You all find yourself in the hall of the fire-breathing kittens. It's roughly early afternoon. Um, and let's go ahead and go with your morning greetings to each other. You're the only ones in the hall right now. Just a little odd. Olathe has been up for a while. She likes to watch the sunrise. So she's sitting there drinking coffee and she says, Howdy, what's up this morning? Oh my God, coffee, finally. Where'd it come from? <laughs> I don't even care. Just give me some. 
she hands you her cup. She only made enough for herself. You know, Eddie doesn't even notice. He starts chugging it down. As you all are, are hanging out in the, in the entry room, you hear a pretty rigorous knocking at the front door of the guild, uh, but no one stepping through, almost seeming like they're unsure. Uh, the knock seems almost unsure. Yo, I'm not opening that door. Uh, Brandy, do you, are you a bit braver than us? <laughs> uh, you guys don't even know how, but I'm next to that door already opening it. Y'all, do you not watch movies? What What are you doing? And I open the door. Brandy, as you open the door, you're met with a rather tall man standing a little over what you would uh, see as six foot. Uh, he's dressed rather plainly, um, leather pants and a, and a very nice leather jacket. He has black and gray uh, hair that he keeps slicked back kind of out of his face. Um, he looks a little lost. Um, and looking to you, he uh, raises his hand to, to wave and says, Excuse me, is this the Guild of the Fire-Breathing Kittens? Jess. I'm looking for help. I, I've been around town for a few hours now, and unfortunately I'm, I'm rather short on time, and I need help. Are you, are you available? Do you, do you have... I'm not sure how this works. I'm new here, um, but I do need help. Do you have money? Um, what, uh, on, in, in your town, what would be considered money would be would this? He reaches to his, his back and pulls out what looks like gold, uh, in a, in a bar, but it's a very particular shape that you've never really seen before. But you, looking at it, you can pretty much discern it as gold. Hey, yes, yes, come in, come in. <laughs> Whoa, okay, hold on now. He's got money, but, like, this this seems like the beginning of a horror movie. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't just need money. I need some details. What is wrong here? Um, my name is, is Leon Dramsk. I'm a captain of a ship. Um, I don't know uh, how much of this may go over your head or not, but your, your world... What are you trying to say? I mean, no offense. Please don't take any <laughs> offense to what I'm saying. I need a crew to help me get my crew out of lockup. I'm part of a race, uh, and I don't mean a race of people, but I mean a literal race um, in space. Does your, do, do your, do you, have you been to space before? I mean, I've been to the movies. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so, all right, so you was an alien. <laughs> well, we, uh... I've seen some pretty similar people that look like me here. I wouldn't necessarily... Yes, yes, we're going to go with that. Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, you, don't, you don't got none of those funny probes, right? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, what, what I'm looking for is my, my crew has been taken. Uh, we are part of a race. Uh, it's called the Universal Traversal. We, we come through this area about once every year. It's a multi-leg race with many ships, almost any uh, space-faring uh, civilization can enter. And uh, when I awoke this morning, before we embarked on our leg, my crew is missing. Um, so I need help, unfortunately. Um, I, I saw that this planet was the closest, and I came down here. I, I picked this city. It seemed like the largest from, a t uh, from afar. And I, 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 I'm sorry that I'm so scattered right now, but if I don't get my crew back to the ship in time to start this leg of the race, we are out of the race. 
Do you got any clues? I wish I did. I woke up this morning to an empty ship. I checked the logs and uh, there's about a 45 minute time uh, overnight that my logs have been corrupted. Uh, so I, 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 I wish I had more, but if you, if you, if you agree to come with me, uh, I give you free run of my ship, uh, free run of the Atlas space station. Um, but I, I, I would greatly appreciate it. And I promise to not only pay, but to make sure that I can uh, get you back to your, to your planet when we're done. And Wait, how, which planet? Well, I, well, and how do we know that you're not lying to us? Because you could say you could drop a, that you're from some other planet and you're trying to win this race, but how do we know you're not just some someone who broke out of jail and you're just wanting us to get your buddies? Well, I guess I was right to think that you all are, are the right people that I'm looking for. That's the exact kind of mentality I'm, I'm looking for. And if there's anything I could do for you right now to, to help instill a sense of trust, I'd be happy to. Uh, but what I, what I can offer you right now is uh, maybe half payment uh, and then the other half upon hopeful completion of this. Um, but, but do know that uh, the method of transportation for going up to my ship and then back will be at your disposal once once we're done uh, hopefully with me on my way and the next leg of the race with my crew but understandable if not the moment he offered to pay half before brandy's eyes like lit up <laughs> just let's do that just just <laughs> let's do that i don't know don't come for me all right <laughs> wait what what? One second, one second. And, and uh, Eddie's just going to put a hand on his chest and just push him right back out the door and close it real quick. Oh. All right, girls. What do you think? Shall we trust him? This sounds a little fishy to me. Who cares? He has money. The way I see it is if he is lying, then we take him back to jail and get the rewards. As long as we play our cards right, if we... If they do end up escaping, we help the jail find out where their security is wrong. If they happen to just be kidnapped victims, we probably should help them. Okay, but how do we not end up kidnapped victims? I take out a knife from, it's way too long to be in what, what, how, where did it come from? And I'm like, I just chuckle softly. Okay, I like the confidence. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, we are armed. Uh... I mean, I guess there's one of him and three of us. I mean, you guys in I, for this? I went into the belly of a dragon the, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I survived dragon. that. So this can't be much worse. All right, fine. What do I know? This is my first adventure. Let's saddle up. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's another tentative Eddie's... knock at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie opens it, uh, grabs the front of his shirt, and pulls him back into the room. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, well, um, I hope you had some time to discuss this, but I, I must, I must, uh, let you know that time is of the essence. All right, sure, lead the way. Oh, that's fantastic. I thank you. I thank you very much here. Uh, I'm, I am a man of my word. And he reaches into, uh, again, the same patch he had, and he pulls out three, uh, bars that you would measure roughly six inches by three inches, maybe about two inches thick of, again, what look like gold, but are shaped very oddly. Uh, he holds them out and he says, I, I promised you half payment and here's, here's half for right now. Um, 
and please let's please let's let's go uh, and he uh, starts to head out towards the door um everyone's gonna follow good on that yeah right. yes fantastic yep and then um go ahead. you see the bartenders who i slide my gold to because she knows my accounts you know i'm not carrying it <laughs> dramsk leads the dramsk leads the group uh outside uh, he starts walking down one of the side streets um heading towards a, a less populated area of, of the city. Um, as you approach through some buildings and out into an alleyway into a small clearing, uh, hovering just a few inches off the ground, there's a vehicle that none of you have really ever seen before, possibly. Uh, it's hovering maybe just a few inches off the ground, and there's no physical structure. There's nothing you can see that's actually supporting this. Um, it looks akin to an elongated carriage. Very smooth, very rounded lines. Uh, smooth metallic surface, surfaces and dark uh, glass cover the front and the sides. Um, there's a hum that kind of fills the area. It's not loud, but it's persistent. Dramps walks, walks towards it, uh, pulling a small device from his pocket. He inputs a couple uh, commands onto this device, and there's a, a sharp hiss, and a lock uh, disengages as the door, as a door from the back of this ship kind of opens up and a small ramp extends. Dramps looks to everyone and says, uh, this is my shuttle. Um, everybody on, please, let's go. I promise that it's safe. And uh, again, as a man of my word, I, I promise that I'd give you... I'm sorry, the who? Uh, as he holds out the controller to Eddie and says, I promise that you could hang on to this now. Please, everyone, come on in, grab a seat. We'll be taking off shortly. Well, oh, now, yeah. what kind of fancy magic spell did you learn this is real cool and she's kind of poking around the bottom and trying to figure it out i promise you there's there's no magic in this it's all just mechanical um but please please come in come in uh, he steps towards the front uh, inside takes a seat in front of a console that's got several screens several flashing lights uh, and buttons you see on the inside there are Two seats, two in front and two in the back, and a small storage container off to the right-hand side. Um, he takes a seat in the captain's chair, starts hitting a couple buttons, and then as everyone gets on, the ramp uh, collapses back in and the door starts to close. Uh, as it closes, Dramsk looks to everyone and says, Do any of you get motion sick easily? I mean, occasionally at Coney Island, but I think we'll be all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he points to the small storage container uh, next to you and says, well, there's a couple of uh, bags in there that you're more than welcome to use just in case. But once we're uh, high enough, you won't notice the motion at all. That's what my friends tell me in college, too. <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> uh, with that... The ship begins to shudder. Uh, you feel the motion, the rocking in the seats. Uh, as you can see, the ground outside of the window starts to fall away, and it starts to fall away rather quickly. Uh, your equilibrium's uh -oh. thrown off <laughs> just a touch as you, your eyes see the, the ground that you were just on getting smaller and shrinking, but you don't feel a lot of motion. The ship begins to pitch, pushing all of you back into your seats. 
uh, and soon you can't really see much of the ground as all you see is the blue sky that you're all heading towards faster and faster, being pressed further back into your seats. After about a minute or two, there's a relatively bright green flash, and the motion that you were all experiencing stops. There's no more shaking. There's no more being pressed back into your seat. If anything, you all feel a little bit lighter right now. Uh, as you look out the mirrors, at the windows, you see no longer a blue sky, but just darkness and stars for as, as far as you can see out the left and the right sides of the ship. Uh, Dramsk hits a couple of buttons as the ship pitches around, and through the front windshield, you see, well, what once was Nicomoy and the land is now a relatively small uh, blue and green dot. Um quite away in the distance. Wait a second, wait a second. Can I just look through, do I recognize any of these continents? Like, am I close enough to see this? You definitely are close enough to see the continents, but none of them look familiar. Hmm. Interesting. They do to Alathi and Brandy, because we're like from the world of draws, we've seen maps. And then Eddie's like, oh no. <laughs> Eddie is like, oh no, this is definitely okay. This is a little more than I bargained for. Okay. <laughs> uh, after another couple series of inputs, the ship pitches around again, and coming into view, you see what looks like a giant ring, giant metallic ring, just floating uh, in the middle of of this darkness. There's a large spire in the center that this ring is rotating around. And attached to this ring are several, well, at this point, you know, you could call them ships of amazingly varying designs. Some sleek and, and, and aerodynamic looking, others large and clunky, and some seem like they have no sense of, of what you would consider normal engineering at all. Uh, Dramsk points the ship towards the, the station, the structure, and starts to fly towards there, looking back and says... So this is the Atlas. Uh, this is the station that travels from leg to leg of the universal traversal. It acts as the start and the ending line. Um, all ships, every, every trip, must dock here and report uh, their times, their fuel, and this is where we can restock. We were docked here last night, um, and when I awoke this morning is when I saw everyone was gone. Uh, my ship, the Mercury, is just right over there. And as he points out, there's an orange kind of rust-colored uh, ship that's attached to the outer circle of this ring. Looking a little worse for wear, um, some of the, the color has been peeled off the hull. It looks like there are some burn marks and scorch marks across the side, uh, but Dramps is able to navigate the shuttle that you're all in. Uh, after a few minutes, you go underneath this orange ship and attach to the bottom. A couple of commands later, there's another big hiss, and the back door again opens. The ramp extends, leading into the, looks like a cargo bay, another large room, netting, uh, boxes of supplies kind of stand around. Dramps gets up from the front seat and walks out and says, please, please come aboard. This is the Mercury. This is my ship. Well, of course. We got rust. We got peeling paint. Feels just like PS118. I'm home. I love that <laughs> reference. 
Uh, Dramps makes his way. He says, please come through. Uh, I'll take you up to the bridge. I'll show you what I have as far as my logs. Uh, and if you need anything, uh, I've got uh, some supplies that my crew left that may aid you in this. But, but please come through, come through. Uh, it leads you uh, up through, through the ship, which is familiar to some. It almost looks like a, a large, you could equate it to a big steam engine. Uh, there's a lot of mechanical engineering uh, pipes. You've got control panels, a lot of flashing lights, a lot of dials. There's steam leaking out of areas everywhere. Um, it feels warm and damp everywhere you go. Um, but leading through a couple hallways and up a flight of stairs, the four of you now find yourself in a larger room with a large circular podium in the middle. Towards the front, there are, again, two more chairs, and then off to the side of this room, there are two chairs sitting in front of stations with, again, large, large displays, a lot of flashing lights, a lot of information going across. Dramsk walks up to the large center podium and hits a couple buttons, and what appears floating right above the, the middle of this podium is a, a recording, a video recording. And what it shows is the outside of his ship. There's a, a long corridor leading towards a door, uh, an orange door. You can tell that it's the outside of the ship. And written on the side is the Mercury. The timestamp lists as 1.30 in the morning, 0130. At 0131, the video cuts out. It just goes to static. Dramsk says, this is the last recording I have. Uh, this static goes on for about 45 minutes before it cuts back to, again, an empty corridor. I looked through my ship's logs. There are no logs of the doors being opened or of any systems being accessed. But this morning, when I woke up, uh, there, was, there was no one here but me. That's when I uh, saw your planet being the nearest and knew that I needed help and went and hired you, so um, I, I really wish I had a place to start. The only information I, I really have is that, how, how do I say this? Um, I may have made a bet with another one of the captains in this race, and him and I are not only you know going for the, the winner of the Universal Traversal, but maybe also uh, I may have risked my ship. Uh, for this leg of the race. And while I, I, I find that he's an honest-ish man, it may have been him, his name is Mexel. Um, he captains another ship docked here at the station. And while sabotaging other ships is strictly against the rules of the race, I, I can't help but feel like this might be something he's involved in. Do you know which one is his ship? He pilots the Garish. All right, no problem. And uh, you're, you're very sure they're not in the ship. You've searched everywhere. I'm sure you have a scanner. You like, <laughs> they're not here. I do, yes. And I, I've piloted this ship for the last 10 years. I know. I know every inch of it. And I can guarantee you that my crew is not on board. All right. Well. So can we, the players, just go? There was a lot of information. I just want to yep. make sure I got it all. So um, fellow players, Mexel is in a bet with Leon Dramsk may have sabotaged the Mercury and pilots the Garish. And at 1.30 a.m. was the last time that there was... What was the image before it went to static, you guys? I thought it was just uh, the door. Blank. Yeah, just a blank hallway. Okay. Just a hallway. Okay. Garish looks... Or Garish. Where was that at? We ain't met him yet. <laughs> Not, but I'm going <laughs> to note that right there. Um, 
Dramsk looks over and says, now, in this leg of the race, every leg of the race, we are given a, a time period, basically, of 12 hours. So we have 12 hours to find my crew and get them back here and take off. If we don't leave by the 12-hour mark, we are disqualified from the race. Uh, I wish that I could go around with you, but I have to stay here and make sure that my ship is prepped out. Uh, I have uh, some some equipment for you, if you'd like. I've got uh, some earpieces or communicators that I can give you. That way we can always stay in communication with each other, um, and I can assist you in any way that I can. But if you are willing to to go to the fleet. Uh, the fleet is the organization that runs this entire race. They do have offices on the Atlas and see if they have any for more information. I, I reached out before I came to, to ask you for help, and they said while they can investigate, they will not delay the start of the race. And that was 12 hours starting. He looks up to a, a large clock display. Uh, on the on the wall above a uh, of a console, and says four hours ago. So that gives us eight hours. No problem. All right. So we'll stay in touch. We'll put in these uh, little little headpieces here. Uh, what else you got? I have a map uh, of the atlas of the station for you. Uh, there are a couple key areas. Most of the space around is docking and cargo for all the ships that have to resupply as they come through. Uh, so the key points to note out, he pulls out a small map and starts labeling a couple areas. You have the control room here, kind of the main offices for the fleet. Uh, this is, there is a brig on the Atlas for people, eh, stowaways and things of that nature. And then this is the point uh, marking in, in a red circle of, of where the garish is docked. Uh, that's over here on this side, literally the opposite side. Um, but those those places are, are where I'd start uh, if I were doing this along with you. But if you could help, I, I need to get ship preparations underway. Jess, who are the three people that are missing? <laughs> my, uh, my crew, uh, Arlen Moore is my head of engineering. Jerry Thill, he's my navigator, one of the best co-pilots and, and navigators you'll ever find. And then I have- What was that name? Gary, Gary Phil. Gary Phil. And Deirdre, right. Deirdre Halal. She's my security specialist. All well, right, she allowed that? herself to get kidnapped. Doesn't seem like she's very <laughs> good at security. Which Maybe you fire that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll have to take that into account. She's been great the last two years I've had her on the crew. Now. Do you have any visual descriptions of these people? I, uh, I've noticed there's a lot of funny-looking people you'll, around these parts. You'll definitely run into quite a few different individuals. Uh, Arlen stands about a little shorter than I do. Um, he's got very, very bright white hair. He's an older gentleman. Um, decent build. Look for the hair and green eyes. Big, big bushy mustache he's, he's very, very proud of, which I'm shocked has not been fried off of his face several times. What I'm really getting at, sir, are they human? Oh, well, you should have just said that. Yes. Oh, they all, all, all of my crew are human. All right, continue. Jerry is a well-built man, standing much taller than I am. Uh, it's shocking that he fits into the co-pilot's chair, bald head, uh, very, very bright brown eyes 
Uh, he has a tattoo on the side of his face that depicts a bird flying across his face. And then Deirdre runs, I would say, about five feet tall, very, very long red hair with piercing blue eyes. Uh, she'll be the one that will probably be the loudest out of the three. If anything, you'll hear her from a mile away. Not what I would have thought, but okay. Which is odd. I didn't hear them being taken away, so that's why I'm, I'm still very curious. Uh, you have your... Uh, the communicators are direct linked to my ship here, uh, and then the map that I'm, that I'm giving you, if you do uh, need... He points to a, a locker um, sitting against the wall. There is some equipment in there. Uh, I carry two security pistols, and then I also carry uh, four sets of armor, uh, one for basically every member of the crew but myself. And then might I... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, let's check out this locker. Mm -hmm. Ladies first. Uh, Opening it up, you notice that there are three... I'm sorry, four. There are four vests hanging uh, neatly neatly on, on hangers. They shine like they're made of metal, but when you pick one up, they're very, very light. Uh, and then stowed on each door as you open it, uh, there is a a pistol-shaped device. Bless you. Uh, pistol-shaped device that has a green and a red side to it. You notice that the, we'll say the barrel, the opening of it, is not quite a hollow barrel, but almost like a glass ball, um, with one side being green, the other side being red. This armor seems... Nice. Um, and Aletha is like so not excited about new weapons. She's just like, mm, I am a bow girl through and through. And uh, she slips on the armor and she kind of looks at you uh, while her companions are going through the weapons and says, where are the quarters that your people sleep? Um, perhaps they left a note and you just missed it. It's very possible I did give them a look. Their quarters are right down the hall uh, towards the back of the ship. There are five quarters, uh, three on one side, two on the other. Just take there's a small ladder that leads down into the quarters from the main hall. Each one is labeled. Perfect. Uh, After y'all get your weapons and armor, do you want to go check out where the sleep? I'm way too touchy with the mystery weapons, and I'm like examining... (laughs) So one of them is like a an orange and blue orb. What is going on there? So they're both the same. They're both uh, pistol shaped, uh, but at the end where a barrel would be, there is uh, what looks like a. Uh, it's two glass orbs on the on a pivot. One of them mm. is green. One of them is red. Um, there is a handle with a trigger, uh, and then there's a small slide right above the trigger. Um, Dramsk is kind of fiddling with mm-hmm. a couple things and sees you all picking these up and kind of going through and he says, I'm walks over. I'm very, very sorry. I, I've realized that, uh, you, uh, there may be a little bit of explanation is necessary. If you're unfamiliar with these, the armor that you put on will actually give you, um, a lot more coverage than, than you think. I know they don't seem that way. Uh, and then the, the pistols actually have two settings. There is a lethal setting. Uh, and then there is a stun setting to be perfectly honest. At the end of this, you can go back home, do whichever you feel is necessary. I, I would I would like you to be safe more than anything else. Uh, to switch, just toggle. There's a slide right above the trigger. One side for, or- for orange, one side for red. Green and orange, I'm sorry. Red. 
too flashy. And I put it down. I guess I'll take them then. And uh, let's just test this out a little bit. He lays out the uh, armor in front of us and uh, flips the pistol over to the red side. And uh, I'm just going to fire off a shot at this armor. As you fire off, there's a pretty brilliant flash from the front of the gun. Uh, a red kind of ball of energy goes very, very quickly, hits the vest, and as it hits the vest, it shimmers just a little bit and then dissipates. Leaving, How does the vest look? Uh, there's a small scorch where it did take the hit. Hmm. All right, all right, not bad. And let's just uh, do the same thing here. And he lays down uh, uh, one of his uh, pieces of golden armor and... Uh, does the same thing as it hits there is a the same same reaction flash of light the red energy hits your armor and while it doesn't go all the way through what you notice is a much deeper impact and a cracking from right where it hit almost like it was exposed to an extreme point of heat in an instant duly noted all right better armor suiting up I'm picturing it's kind of like a, a thin silk shirt, basically. So I take one with me, and I'm going to put it on under my clothes later um, in private. So can we head to the, or can I sneak out? How do I, normally I would do a stealth check, right? Yeah. So we'll, should we do a, a quick mechanics overview for lasers and feelings? Do we have a minute? Yeah. So with lasers and feelings, it's actually a very, we'll say, Simple and easy to master dice system. When you create your character, you pick a number, two through five. That number indicates whether your character is more suited towards lasers being a higher number or feelings being a lower number. For any kind of check or obstacle that may, that may be encountered in the game, you can make a roll deciding on how you approach it. Lasers being physical, uh, and then feelings being more of the emotional side or more of the logic-based side. You roll one d6. Additional d6 if you're an expert in the field required for the action, or an additional one d6 if you're also getting help from a friend. I think logic is still lasers. Because it mentioned like science and logic specifically. You are absolutely correct. Uh, which is why, like, like my medical checks would still be is would it still science? be lasers. You are you are correct. Yes. Yeah. So there we go with that. Uh, and then when you roll your d6, your outcome basically predicts how it goes. So if you beat your number, that is considered a success. If you are below, it's considered a successful failure. And then hitting your number exactly uh, triggers what's called a laser feelings in which case you do succeed, and then you get to ask me, the DM, any question, any one question that you want to kind of dive deeper into what you were trying to accomplish. So, for example, if we roll a dice, are we, my lasers is, I, I set my, Brandy doesn't really care all that much about other people. I'd mm -hmm. say she's like the opposite of Aletha. So I set her at five. So does that mean I'm, I'm going to have a, to roll higher than a five every time, or how does that work? Lower than a You're going to want to roll lower than a five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lower than a five. Got Correct. It, got it. And then if you're rolling feelings, you want to roll over your number. More than a five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so if you try to console a crying girl, you're going to have to roll a <laughs> six, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. That won't come up. <laughs> <laughs> so sneaking out, since I'm, I'm just trying to get in, uh, I'm just being time efficient right mm -hmm. and i'm like 
Actually, you know what? I'm not going to sneak. I'm just going to be like, let's split up. I <sighs> Character voices. I got it for like a good 20 minutes, but I'm it's gone now. All right. So um, Brandy is going to suggest that we do one room each. And uh, I'll, I'll take Arlon. All right. I'll take Gary. And I guess that leaves me Deidre. All right. So let's investigate. So investigating is what I'm going to roll on, not for stealth, but for investigating, which is very logical. And I'd like to divide the room up into a grid, Mm -hmm. visually. No problem. And I'm going to make sure I inspect every grid. I'm going to make nine grids. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you're rolling on this, and uh, another aspect of this is creating preparations and expertise in certain things. And we kind of discussed this earlier, and you said your character would be an expert in this field. Correct? Maybe not at finding things, at hiding things. Okay. So then maybe prepared. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to specifically look for secret compartments. I'm going to check that the interior space matches the exterior space on all containers. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's a six. I fail. <laughs> 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 so as you're investigating, you, you take a look. You have a very methodical approach to this. You check every single sector. And what you notice is nothing seems out of place. It's almost mm-hmm. as though... Whoever or, or um, just got up, went about their daily business, nothing seems out of place or untouched. Hmm. So then let's move over Can to... Can I oh, steal a work jumpsuit? Yes, you may. Thank you. You absolutely can. It's uh, looking through as you're doing going through your searches. There is a locker for storage for clothing. Uh, opening it up, there is a blue uh, denim full body jumpsuit with uh, the name Arlen on the on the left pocket. <laughs> it still says Arlen, and it I'm putting says- that shiny whatever armor underneath. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alatha. <laughs> um, Aletha walks down to Deidre's room mm-hmm. and she still has her bow like slung across her back, but she's just a little nervous and like playing with it. And she walks in and she's digging for like diaries, captain's logs, places for notes from secret lovers, because she's like three people just don't up and leave mysteriously without having something going on. Uh, okay. So if you'd like to give a roll since you're, I think believe the number you chose was two. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's going to be a little difficult because, again, we're kind of investigating and we're still on the, the logical side of things. So you're going to have to roll under a two. That's okay. One in six Alitha's chance. is not very smart. <laughs> Alitha did not do well. She rolled a three. <laughs> um, okay. Searching through, you do find a, a couple of things. You notice that Deirdre did keep a log, uh, but there's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, as as Deirdre was in charge of security, you do notice that there are schematics for the ship. Um, there are also just notes about uh, incidents that have occurred on the ship during the last leg. So you'll see a note of a door malfunction. You'll see a note of checking out weapons. But again, nothing seems out of the ordinary. Uh, she stuffs the notes and the log and the schematics of the ship into her bag mm-hmm. and is going to head out to find um, Eddie at some point as soon as he's done searching because she's like, well, Eddie might know how to read these and might be able to look at the mechanic side of this. 
All right, and uh, Eddie is over here in Gary's room, mm -hmm. and I'm looking around. So far, it looks pretty normal. We got the weight bench over here. Uh, you know, we got some computer stuff over here. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start looking around by just, just, just throwing shit around. Okay, like we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna move all the furniture, all right? We're gonna start banging on the walls, looking for secret compartments, all that. And uh, so I believe I am proficient, not an expert. I'm working on it. I would give you these that. kind of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got two dice. I got a three and a one. So you matched your number, is that correct? You chose a four. I chose a, f oh, oh, is that? I didn't realize that was how that worked. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you add your dice together. That is correct. Yeah. It is an addition of the dice. It's not a three or a one. It is a four. Okay. But wait, how does that work? Are you sure? Because if you do it that way, what do you, what happens if you roll three dice and you're looking for a low number? You're always going to fail on an expert thing. Oh, I, no, I, you are correct. My apologies. Yeah. I did read that incorrectly. So it is and compare each die result to your number. So the three and the one. Yeah, I think you just get more chances. You're absolutely to do right. Well. I'm like, that worked great for higher numbers, but definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Miss feelings over here <laughs> ain't going to have a good time if that's how we do it. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, with the three and the one, that is under. Absolutely. So as you get into Jerry's room, it is just, there, there's navigation charts, there's maps, there's everything everywhere. There is a weight bench down in the corner. There's a couple tools and things like that. And you go in and just wreck shop. You are tossing everything. There are maps strewn across the wall. You flip over a, a table that he had something that may have been important at one point, but you're not 100% sure. And as you do, you notice that there was a, there's a small piece of carpet that has been cut away underneath one of the benches. And lifting it up, you see a small compartment. And inside that small compartment is a log. It's a very small log. It looks like maybe something you would keep in a breast pocket. And as you open it up and start to leaf through it, you see amounts of money. You see amounts of money that say out, and then you see amounts of money that say in, and each to, next to each one is a name. Some of these names, you, uh, most of these names you don't really understand or recognize at all since they are people you don't know. But towards the bottom, you see the name Mexel, and then you see the name below that, Leon. Each one has a an amount, a pretty decent amount of credit. You're looking at about 10,000 of whatever units they use uh, that have been out, meaning like from what you're looking at, from what you can kind of tell and in, in the information you gather, those are bets that they've taken. So both Mexel and Leon have taken 10,000 credits as a bet against something. Essentially, they've taken out loans. And I there see. are yep. no repayments on either one of those amounts. All right, we got some gamblers up in here. But that's all you find. Can I keep the map? Yes. Anyone in? There's tons. There's quite a few maps. The one that shows just the universe, the, the, the most space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Aww, mm -hmm. You're trying to find your home. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, but yes, so you, you see out of all the maps, there is one that is a little bit larger. It's kind of rolled up in a very nice case. But what it displays is just tons and tons of different worlds. Uh, and they're all uh -huh. labeled out, each one. Uh, some of them you can understand. Some of them are in languages that don't seem to make too much sense. Uh, but yes, you can keep that. Okay. Uh, after you've just finished searching and get the map, Alatha comes in the room. Uh, um, Mr. Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Uh, 
I found this uh, mechanic ski map thing. I'm not terribly good at mechanics, but it seemed like you were very familiar with this place, or at least felt a little bit more at home than I do. So I was wondering if maybe you could see the schematics and maybe see if someone was messing with something on purpose. I mean, I've seen Star Wars. Sure, we'll take a look. <laughs> she hands you the map uh, or the schematic. Mm-hmm. All right. Taking a look through, I mean, you've seen building plans before. You've seen a couple schematics and things. You see uh, the layout of the ship. You see the inner workings of the ship. You see the different levels broken down. You don't necessarily see anything that sticks out, though. It looks like it was just yeah, kind the, of run of the mill. Does everything kind of look like, uh, you know, like like the area I'm seeing? I walked through this ship already. Uh, you know, number of rooms matching up. Yes. Yes, they do. All right. Well, like, yeah, I don't think we got anything on this one, but we'll hold on to it just in case. Alrighty then, should we go find Brandy and go, I guess, and do an interrogation of sorts? Good luck finding that one. Uh, do we just summon her then? Uh, and Olathe like claps her hands twice and says, uh, Miss, uh, Brandy, uh, if you can hear me, we, we could really use, use ya. Um, and sh- she just keeps like going on s- asking Brandy to go. <laughs> Uh, can I be... Honey, she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> can I be in the engineering room and I want to pocket one of those super futuristic tools, like an electric screwdriver? Mm-hmm. You, uh, as you, after you finish the room, yeah, you head kind of wandering the ship, just seeing what else is out there. And in engineering, there are definitely quite a few tools. Uh, and one does look very, very interesting. Nice little gizmos. Yeah. I mean, turning things by hand... It's pretty lame. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I put the electric drill in my pocket. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I I don't know why Aletha is yelling. So I'm like, <laughs> I like come back to her. I'm like, are you okay? See, Aletha like elbows Eddie and goes, see, I, I told you it would get her to come here. Now, I know she's not dead, but sometimes you got to summon your friends. You was right. You was right. I stand corrected. Uh, we were thinking of going and interrogating this guy he has a bet with. Uh, I, my, my best plan of attack that I can think of, and please correct me if you think this is going off the deep end a little, but we could pose as people wanting to place a bet a little bit and get on his good graces before we let him know we're interrogating him. I mean, tends to be better than just going up and saying, did you kill these people? (laughs) You know, I could have sworn you were going to say you were going to shoot him in the foot, but yeah, that works too. (laughs) I mean, there's always time, potentially. You do it, I'll staunch the bleeding. We'll hold him for a while. Perfect. (laughs) Solid plans. Yeah, uh, Brandy looks excited. Very excited. <laughs> uh, in your earpieces, you do hear uh, Dramsk's voice uh, in, kind of come through. It says, I, I know you're all investigating the rooms, and I hope you found something. Uh, just to let you know, I'll keep you updated on the time, but we are looking at seven hours until we have to depart for this leg of the trip. All right, let's scoop. Mm-hmm. He, he, uh, Man, we will off. have to learn these... Sp- he will have to, we'll have to learn these spells when we get back. <laughs> what spells are you talking about? The earpieces. This is real cool. Oi, oi, okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are we choosing to exit the ship? 
Yep, exit the ship and following the map to the garish. Fantastic. As you all uh, make your way out of the ship, um, going through the side port, it opens up into a long tube uh, that connects to another tube, obviously, on the other side. As you go through, you're in a very large hallway with people moving this way and that way. You see humans, you see other creatures that you are not sure what they are, uh, but everyone seems very caught up in their own conversations, not really paying you much mind. Everyone seems to be moving with purpose. Uh, traveling through the, the hallways, you see docks for separate ships. You see signs leading to different offices on different levels. Uh, but with your map, you're able to traverse all the way across the ring, uh, and you come up to a, a large sign, a digital sign that reads uh, the garish docking point. Uh, the door is locked. There's a, a large red light going up the, the seam of the door, and to the left of the door, there's a small control panel. Brandy, this seems like uh, like your area of expertise. Ooh, I get to try out my new toy. I <laughs> take the... It's basically like a drill... I take mm. the drill and um, I hold up the door and it's it's like doing like if you've ever seen the discharges of a stun gun at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> Play with the door. I dig it. Um, give me a roll on that. Okay. Um, is anyone like wanting to, to go ahead? The, yeah. I'd like to think this is experimentation, right? Which is lasers. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. 100%. All right. Oh, just really quick. I'm sorry. Before you do. Actually, no. Go ahead and make the roll first. I rolled a five. And my stat is a five. Fantastic. So that is that is the, the laser feelings count. So that means that um, as you sit and you kind of crouch down and you're in front of the panel and uh, Eddie and Aletha kind of shield you from view as you see people walking around. They're kind of taking a look but not really paying too much attention. Since you're wearing the overalls, you almost yeah. look like you're uh, someone doing maintenance. Uh, you <laughs> hold the drill up to the control panel, and there's a couple sparks, and there's a, uh, a whine, and then all of a sudden there's a click. The red light on the door shifts to green, and the doors slide open with no qualms, no alarms, no nothing. Um, now, with your laser feelings... Uh, you get special insight, meaning you can ask me a question and I will answer it honestly. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And is this, does this have to be about the door? It's going to be about anything. It can be about anything. Hmm? Okay. I want to know about the state of the ship to gain some insight onto Arlen Moore's like mental state. Was he taking good care of the mercury on the inside? Like, did its parts look loved or did it need, like, hmm. major fixing? Okay. So, without huge frames of reference, um, what you could tell was were these couple things. One, his room was very well put together. Uh, everything was relatively organized. Um, when you were looking through the ship, you did see... Maybe some signs of deterioration, um, some, like I said, leaky pipes, some steam coming out of a few different areas. Uh, but by and large, it seems like nothing was purposely neglected. Mm. Everything seems like maybe it was kept up, uh, maybe with not the most care, but enough. Okay. Like a person, if 
if he was going to abandon the ship on purpose, maybe he wouldn't have taken such good care of it. Correct. It's a good deduction. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. The door hisses open, and there's a small walkway between the door that you just opened and another ship. Uh, this ship has a port right there in the side. The markings on the side of the next to the port, I'm sorry, um, label it as the garish. It's a very, very sparkly, very blue uh, very sparkly blue right there, painted all the way across the hall. Uh, the door to the ship is again closed. There's another uh, control panel to the left of the door as well. Can I just walk up and knock, do you think? Do we want to announce ourselves? Eh, might as well. We're here to make a bet, aren't we? And Aletha goes and knocks on the door. As you knock on the door, a, a voice comes over the intercom. Um, hello? Who's this? How did you open the door? Why are you at my ship? Well, now, aren't you just full of questions for somebody who's running a little bit of a, shall we say, betting ring? Got some interesting odds you might like. Uh, Okay, 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 okay. Come in, come in, come in. Please, please stop talking. Um, There's a (laughs) click and a hiss as the door opens up. Uh, There's no one on the other side, but looking in, uh, you see a ship that is very ornately adorned. Um, in contrast to the Mercury, where it was all metal and basically just functional, everything seems very smooth, rounded edges, very clean, very colorful, um, all streamlined and sleek. After a moment, there's uh, sounds of footsteps coming towards where you three are. Um, from around a corner comes a, a average-looking man, um, light, very, very, very blue skin. Uh, so I guess not maybe too average, but blue skin, long silver hair that has red streaks growing through it that maybe comes well past his shoulders. Uh, He walks up towards you. The uniform that he's wearing is very regal looking. He stops short and says, okay, who told you that there was gambling and why are you here? Come, come in, please come in. Stop. Come on. Aletha steps in and she says, well, now wouldn't be too kind to reveal my sources. However, I do believe you are in charge, are you not? He looks around. That depends on who's asking. Well, I suppose I guess we came to the wrong ship then. If you're going to be too chicken to run an actual gambling ring, I've been in better ones. Um, However, I did hear our friends down at the, uh, uh, what's it called? That ship we just came from. Uh, And she's looking at you guys. That will be the Mercury, honey. The Mercury, that's right. Uh, the Mercury, uh, she, we uh, just came from there, and they, they had some interesting offers to make, but we heard you were the one that actually had a better pool going. But if you don't, we can just take our happy butts back down there. Hearing you mention the, the name, the Mercury, he kind of stands up a little bit straighter, kind of adjusts his uniform and says, Are you working with Leon? Not necessarily. We're here to make bets. Uh, you know, it's more like Leon is working for us, you know. I mean, and I point to the jumpsuit that I'm wearing that says Arlen. He owes us some things. And we take what we are owed. It's like I stole his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, he takes a look at your your uniform, kind of paying a little bit more attention. His eyes kind of narrow at the name. Um, and he just... You can look on his on his face. Um, 
We're going to do everyone make a roll real quick. With just one just die? Just one die. What kind of roll? We're making a feelings roll. No. I got a four. Okay. Uh, so how does this work again? Feelings? So with feelings, you are going to want to roll over your number. Hmm. So I rolled exactly my number. Oh, laser feelings. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. I rolled a four and my number's five. Okay. So I didn't feelings. I don't feelings. I I rolled a five and my number's two. Oh. I do so many feelings. Yeah, you get so many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Brandy, you're just, you're just going along with the conversation. You think it's fantastic. Uh, for Alaith and Eddie, you pick up from his mannerisms. He knows the name on that, on that uniform. What he saw immediately triggered something for him. You're not sure what, Aletha? Um, you just notice that there's recognition there beyond a captain knowing the member of another crew. Like, there's definitely more, more to that. Uh, Eddie, you get that sense, and you also get a question. Does this person seem like, from knowing the Mercury and the name Arlen, does it seem like he is trying to think of how to hide information from us? It absolutely does. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hearing this, he turns around and just motions over his shoulder for you to follow him further into his ship. Um, if you all decide to follow, of course. Olaith is following, but secretly hoping that Brandy sneaks off somewhere. I can sneak off somewhere. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to follow. Okay. He leads you through a couple uh, smaller hallways until you enter what looks like a common room. Um, there's a couple I tables. Dawdle. You dawdle. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> as he's as he's going, the group starts to leave you a little bit behind. Everyone's keeping up a pretty average pace, and you're maybe just lollygagging a little bit, just checking things out. As Mexel makes his way into the common room, followed by Brandy, or I'm sorry, by Eddie and Alaith. Um, you notice yourself a few feet behind. They've rounded a corner, and you have not quite rounded that corner yet. Maxwell turns and says, please, take a seat. We have some things to discuss. I try one of the handles in the hallway doors. It opens. Yay, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> As you open this door, you open this door, and it leads into, well, it's a storage room. Cabinets line the walls, lockers, a couple storage containers, uh, but there is someone else in this room. Uh, as you open the door, you're greeted by, uh, well, not greeted because their back is to you, uh, a creature not too tall, very green, very uh, scaly skin. It's hunched over something. It's hunched over one of the, the crates that are on the ground. The crate is open, and it's rummaging through this crate with four arms. Um, it hasn't noticed that the door is open yet, uh, because it seems very engrossed in what it's doing. Mm, I just slip back into the hallway and close the door quietly. <laughs> okay. You're going to join them in the, in the other room? Yeah. Fantastic. As everyone gets into the room, Mexel offers you all seats and asks if he can get you anything to drink. Um, handing out libations. He takes a seat, says, okay, so you're not working for Leon. That's great. Uh, and you were talking about a bet uh, what kind of bet are you looking to make? What was the thing in the crate? Crate. In the 
hallway room with the short green scaly person. Oh, you weren't, you couldn't see what he was doing. He was like hunched over the crate, kind okay. of rummaging through. What's one item that was stored in the storage room? You noticed that there were uh, large glass vials that kind of had a blue liquid inside. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, we know that you are the source for the blue liquid. You know the one we are talking about. His eyes narrow a little bit, and he says, go on. <laughs> My friends should really take over here. <laughs> well, now, we only know that little bit of information, just keeping it in our breast pocket. However, I do happen to have, and she pulls out her vintage pirate captain's log that she got in her last adventure, and she says, we have some historical documents here that could be worth a lot of money for the right collector and I'm willing to bet them on the outcome of this race now I just recently learned about this but it does seem and she kind of like takes a look around and like she's trying not to be judgmental at the opulence but also at the same time she's kind of like um, that you seem to be well equipped for this race so I I do want to say that my money's on you to win. I can't say that you're making a bad bet with that, but maybe you're here to secure a little bit more information or maybe kind of hedge your bets a little bit. Well, you can't buy a racehorse without seeing it run, now can you? What's a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Aletha is just kind of like uh you know horse big beastie you ride him through the woods have you touched grass recently are oh, you okay no. are you sick <laughs> it's alright it doesn't matter okay here's what we need to know you got some information I can see you got it alright now just the ladies are asking nicely I'm I'm not much of a talker I don't know if you've noticed I'm the muscle so you gonna talk or what? Now let's let's not get physical. We don't need to any disturbances, please. I do like my ship. Uh, now I've taken, I'd say, some securities or some insurances that uh, the Garish here will win this leg of the race. Um, but I mean, to give you that information would maybe cost you something, Eddie runs his finger along a carved gold filigreed uh, statue on the desk and uh, starts to apply a little bit of pressure with his hand. As you do that, uh, uh, Mexel's eyes kind of go, uh, he, he notices, he definitely kind of makes a move towards and takes the statue, just kind of moving it out of, out of your range for your finger. He says, no, no, no. I'm sorry, he tries? He goes, he, goes to, he goes to move the, the statue. I love the muscle. I'm going to like two prong from the positive side. Bad cop, good cop. And I'm going to say, we have a bit of an in with uh, with Leon. We can uh, we can make sure that you... Uh, uh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so um, I can offer you that we... You may win this leg of the race on your own, right? But there will, if you win in this leg, then you will be investigated. 
if you give the crew back to him and they lose in the next leg of the race, that will be their own fault. And you will not be investigated and you will have done no wrong. So maybe if you work with us, we make sure that you win not this leg, but the next leg of the race. We get paid, you win, nobody finds you at fault when they investigate, and everybody benefits. What do you think? His face kind of scrunches up a little bit and he says, give give you back the crew. What, What happened to Leon's crew? Oh, darn. Well, they've gone conveniently missing. And I'm not saying it's you. It's probably not. However, there have been whispers from my wanderings around the base, if that's what you'd call this, that they are looking to investigate you. So this was also just a friendly visit, considering you're the leader of a, you know, a gambling ring. I would like to gamble and take part in my vice and i can't now well do that if you get investigated now can i if you are saying that you are not responsible for the crew members of the mercury missing that's very very bad for you because uh right now it looks like you sabotaged them uh well i may be trying to ensure that i i win this leg of the race but (laughs) i won't win you will be found as a saboteur you will lose. Uh, this, uh, well, no, no, I didn't, I didn't take the crew. I was simply trying to, and you can tell he's getting flustered, like he's trying to search for words. He's like, I was just trying to, I was just trying to sabotage the fuel. Ah. <gasps> <laughs> and he, uh, well, good. now, sabotaging fuel isn't the worst thing you could do. However, to sabotage the fuel, you would have to get on the ship. Yeah? So you want to share what that little thing was earlier when you read my friend's jumpsuit? Um, See your friend, your brother, your secret uh, son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, He's really old. <laughs> you just think that he was the secret son. <laughs> Love it. Eddie. <laughs> Puts the statue with it with, with a head that is now bent down. Oh my gosh! In front of Mexel, and says, "You know, this works on fingers too." His his blue skin is starting to flush, and he's getting sweaty. And he's like, well, "I uh, I I purple." He, he's like, "I I just I I made a bet with with Arlen and." Uh, uh, he he told me that Leon took money again to 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 uh, voting on himself because he knew that the Mercury he takes a breath and tries to compose himself. I know the Mercury is a faster ship than mine, and Leon is betting on that, and that's why I was trying to just give myself a little bit of an advantage. I made the bet with Arlen. I took out a loan, and well. I was just trying to make some money, but please, my fingers are very delicate. Have you tried to fly a ship without fingers? It doesn't work. There's a lot of buttons. Look, I will I will give you the 10,000 that I took to place this bet. I will, I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I won't use the bad fuel, uh, or I won't give them the bad fuel, but you have to, please, I, I can't be disqualified from the race. I can't. So you have not given the bad fuel yet? Uh, no, we planned to make the substitute 
at the refueling, which occurs, he looks up, there's another kind of similar display clock uh, as in the Mercury um, that reads six hours now. It says refueling uh, is, is done three hours before the leg of the race. I sigh and I sit down and I like cross, I'm like sitting in a chair backwards <laughs> and I'm like, I have some bad news for you. Is, is you have his full attention. The crew of the Mercury is gone. And right now, it looks like you kidnapped them. If you don't find the crew of the Mercury, you're going to be out as a saboteur. They're going to disqualify you. Uh, he, he's struggling again. He's like, I, 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 I don't know where they could be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do something like that. I can't, I can't hey, imagine. Hey, psst, 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 hey. And I like quiet him. I like make this, this hand. I'm like, you think about it. Okay, I'm going to make some tea. You think about if you have any leads for us to investigate. Who would make the crew disappear and where would they go? They're not on the Mercury. They are not here on this ship. Where could the crew be? You think about that. I make some tea. I'm going to go make some tea. <laughs> That's very true. You know more about all of this than we do. All right. Well. All I know about is fingers. And I'm not saying I want to break your fingers. I'm not saying I don't want to break your fingers. I'm just saying it's an option. So we're talking options today. I want you, I want to stop feeling like you're trying to decide what to tell me and that you want to give me all of my options. Well, now, and we don't care really about the fuel. We just would like the crew to be returned so you can go on with your day. And, and Olathe like hands him the maps because she really does not want these. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, I'm happy to just give these to you because it sounds like you're a little bit worse off than I am down at home. And again, collector's item. Um, just if you have any direction that would point us off of you so we can lead the investigators off of your trail. I'd be more than happy to. Yes, of course. Uh, as you're all uh, talking and, and conversing, um, there's a, a, the sound of a door closing from down the hall. And around the corner comes a... Uh, creature-ish, not too tall, uh, forearms, green scaly skin, wearing an orange jumpsuit. Uh, he comes around the corner and he's holding this large container, uh, maybe about a foot and a half long, uh, filled with a blue substance, a blue shimmering substance. As he turns the corner, he sees everyone um, and just kind of stops in his tracks and looks and, and is just like, eh, boss? Eh. He starts to like slowly back out of the room with the container um, Maxel kind of looks over. Maxel looks over to him and says, "No, uh, come on in, Seek. It's it's okay. They they're here to kind of make a bargain, make a bet. They may help us out." Creature comes back in, holding it, and he says, "Well, I got the the the, the fuel, and I and I altered it like we said we would, and we <laughs> just got to get it over to uh, the the refueling." Maxel, he's like he basically puts his hand over his face, says, "Seek." Maybe we don't lead with that information. Maybe we kind of tone that back a second. Um, but okay, thank you, Seek. Just go back, please go back, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. He, Seek, the little creature, turns around, walks out with the container. Mexel um, again turns to all of you and says, okay, all right, I took out a bet against the Mercury for my ship because I knew that they wouldn't make this leg of the race, that I, I could beat them on this leg of the race if I sabotaged their fuel supply. That's the bet that I took out with Arlen. Now, as far as the crew, 
I, I honestly don't know who would take them. Um, ah, but it, it, the crew does not matter. What matters is who would get all the money, the money, if you were found. So your bet was that you would win? That is correct. My bet was that, uh, that I would win this leg. And if you are disqualified because uh, you sabotaged the crew? Then I'm not only out the money that I just loaned, but I'm also in debt to, to a lot of different people. So, if you lose by disqualification, who gets the money? If I lose by disqualification, that money uh, is essentially lost, and that puts me in debt. Uh, right, I, right, 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 right. Yeah. To who? <laughs> he again starts to get a little kind of shaky. Um, and he looks at the statue again with the bent, and, and he <laughs> takes a look at Eddie, and he the says... flex isn't, isn't audible, but it was, there was a flex. <laughs> there, there was absolutely a flex. Uh, and he says, I'm, I'm out, and the money goes... The money goes to Fleet. And he, he lets So out. one of the officials here at Fleet knows about the betting, and they also know that if they can pin this on Yules... They go and make a lot of money. Yes. Yes. I, I, I've, been, I've been in contact with an official who is, is a little lax when it comes to sticking to the rules. Um, and I know you's not holding back on that name. <laughs> There's some flexing. <laughs> His name is Toro. Where do I find this Toro? He works information and securities in the Fleet HQ, which is here in, it's in Atlas. It's actually one of the main offices. All right. You've been very helpful, Maxwell. Ladies, any other questions? I don't believe I have any more questions. Uh, here's your maps, by the way, so you can sell them. I have no use for them where I'm from. Um, have an excellent day and perhaps work on your charismatic sabotage skills, because... You came off a little bit twitchy. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Thank you for the information. Uh, he turns and, and walks out of, he goes to walk out of the, the, the common uh, room that you're in. One, one more question. Mm -hmm. I am not from around here. Is there a way we could get into the brig? Um... You know, like, uh, what is the the uh, in and out in one hour offense? Like, do I get really drunk to go in the brig and then get out? You know, well, what's your your space laws here? I can break. Uh, while the the fleet is is hesitant to throw too many people uh, in the brig for extended periods of time, just because they don't want to delay anyone, uh, stowaways are typically thrown in the brig immediately. Sometimes. Ships make a landing and... They don't get out so much. What's the one that I get out? You know, like a temporary, like uh Well, there's no fighting on the Atlas. Oh. <laughs> they'll usually detain you for a little bit, but again, when it comes close to race time, they will let people out. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, he continues his way out. Um are we all going to, to leave the ship together? What would you like to do? Yeah, and I want to talk to my buddies. Mm -hmm, go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. Hey, fellow players, if we want to investigate the brig, it sounds like we just have ourselves little fisticuffs, and then they'll they'll kick us out after a while? Yes. We Keep will it. lose 
some time then, I'm wondering, should we check out this Toro first and maybe pick a fight with him if we need to? Or maybe one of us should split off, sacrifice themselves for the good of the people, and punch someone in the face. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I could do that. Right? Yes. Aletha is pretty good at charming and harming <laughs> if you want her to go do That's the fantastic. like investigating of the official and go get him alone and get him talking if you if brandy wants to go get in a fist fight and get thrown in the brig and then eddie whatever you want to do well wait i got i got an idea i got an idea i don't like the idea ladies getting in fist fights i'm 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 a feminist but there are there are limits i will punch so i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe i'll go get in the fight and then maybe Brandy, I mean, I know you got those tools. You maybe bust me out. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's a good backup. This is a good backup bust out plan. <laughs> and I'll go do the charming, and you guys go, well, and maybe some harming, but and then you guys can go escape. We we still need to get the crew back, right? <laughs> And with that, let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to find out what our adventurers are going to do when we come back. Uh, just to recap, we have joining us this week, Brandy. Bye. Eddie. Hey, how you doing? And Aletha. Bye now. And we've got a review. That's right. We got a review right here. Uh, let's see. This is Ross Metcalf. He's saying, first time listener, this was a fun episode, came from your Reddit post. That's right, people, we are on Reddit, so we are on everything. Find us, leave us a comment, we will badly pronounce your name online. Get ready. (laughs) Bye. 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 We hope that you're enjoying this episode of Fire Breathing Kittens. This episode's shout-out is from Karuminator, who says, quote, Looking for a used car in Montreal? Come on down to Pierre's Auto Dealership today. On top of the widest selection of high-quality, low-mileage cars and affordable in-house financing, our extended warranties will have you driving away with a smile. Pierre's in Montreal. Your new car is waiting for you. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please, share it with them. Is there a special day coming up? We can wish them a happy message on your behalf. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find ebooks, paperbacks, hardcover novels, and audiobooks based on our adventures on Amazon and Audible. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notebook with the Fire Breathing Kittens logo on the front. Lastly, we don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. They won't hear about us unless you share it with them. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Fire Breathing Kittens plays Lasers and Feelings, starring our amazing trio of Aletha. Howdy. Eddie. Yo. And Brandy. Hey. Hey. Uh, Okay, so when we came back from the break, I wrote down a number. Now, would everyone mind rolling me a d6 to see who is going to give our recap? This seems dangerous. (laughs) So dangerous. I got a three. Two. 
<laughs> I'm trying to figure out what happened to my dice roller. Oh, there it is. Five. All right, so we're split because the number I had was four that my screen just timed out on. So uh, between the two of you, would, I, would either one of you like to go ahead and take the recap? I can I can do it. So Take it away, Elaine. We were uh, having a nice morning coffee at Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall when a strange man came to the door and offered us a job in space with some fancy magic doodads that he insists are technology and not magic, but I'm not convinced. Uh, we did some interrogating of our gracious host, got some new fancy weapons and armor, and then we went to go get ourselves involved in a betting ring and we made a discovery that there is some trickery afoot and we are now going to go investigate some political corruption and perhaps get thrown in jail perhaps i mean what's what's an adventure without someone getting thrown in jail <laughs> so as we pick back up i believe the group has decided to split up is that correct who is gonna go where I'm going to sneak behind Eddie, which and means I am just walking normally because I got a jumpsuit on, and I'm going to start fiddling with panels. Don't mind me. <laughs> and I am going to find somebody to fight. Fair enough. Okay. So the group has exited the garish. We're back into the, we'll call it the Atlas Commons, which is the large ring hallway that circles the central spire uh, where all the ships dock. You all head in one general direction using the map you were given by Leon Dramsk. And you know that there is a central hub area that's got shops and food and uh, libations and entertainment. And then on the map is also the location of what is called Fleet HQ or the Fleet Main Office. Fleet is the one who runs the Universal Traversal. So upon entering, uh, you, you reach a fork in the, the hallway, I'm sorry, sign splitting off. One goes towards Fleet HQ, which is, again, Center Spire, and then the other sign leads off towards the, the common grounds, which is called the Honch, H-O-N-C-H. So at here, we'll go ahead and split, and let's start off with Brandy and Eddie. All right, so uh, I guess I'm looking for the food hall. That seems like a good place to get into a fight. And, uh, you know, we make our way down there that I, I imagine there's like a couple different different joints around that we can that we can see that people are getting food at. Right. There's tables and whatnot. Absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. You find yourselves, uh, both of you, in what looks like a, a sprawling like street market. There's a couple vendors. There's a couple shops set up all over the place. People milling about uh, and then a, an area with tables set up, people dining. Your essential pick of the litter for whatever you'd like to do. Um, and gotcha. Now, so here's the deal. I'm a pretty good guy, right? I don't want to just go hitting random people. So I'm looking around. <laughs> are there any children here? No, there are no children. Well done. I was, we were going to target. <laughs> You're going to target a kid, I'm, I'm right? Just, I'm just going to wander off towards the brig. I know where this is going. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to target the children. I was going to target people who don't manage their children in public mm. places. Because, you know, those are the worst people. <laughs> much better <laughs> uh, yeah you, you definitely see quite you know again crews from everywhere um brandy you you split off towards where you know the brig is since you all had the map 
Uh, and um, yeah, Eddie, you're you're just kind of taking a look around. There doesn't seem to be anything too too dangerous going on at the moment. But off the the corner of your eye, you do see a table. There are two men who are discussing something. It's a little out of your earshot, but what you do pick up seeing that is uh, there are heated. The, the tension is high at that one table in particular. All right, all right. I'm just gonna side a little bit closer. You know, not nothing too specific. Maybe lean against the wall over there and see if I can hear anything. They're arguing over a gamble. They're, they're playing a game of dice, and one is accusing the other one of cheating. Um, hasn't come to fisticuffs yet, but the voices are getting louder and louder. Ah. All right, uh, I'm going to slide in at the table and uh, say, hey, boys, what are we playing? What's going on today? One of them looks up at you and says, hey, stranger, I don't know who you are, but you're not part of this game. Okay, we're playing threes, and this is between me and this guy, and right now this guy is a cheater. So I'm going to deal with this guy, and then if you want to play, I'll deal with you later. Uh, that's okay, man. I don't got to play. I just, I just, I see people squabbling. I want to help. I, he cheated. I mean, that sounds serious. What did he do? The other guy perks up and says, you just came here. You're going to accuse me of cheating? You don't know me. This is a game that doesn't involve you. I know that. I'm not in the game. I'm not accusing. I'm just asking. It's just a question. You don't got a problem with questions, do you? I got lots of problems with questions when I don't know who's asking them right now. So if you're not part of this game, do me a favor and see yourself away. All right, tough guy? There's nowhere else to sit, so you're stuck with me. And my name's Eddie, by the way, just so you got it. (laughs) All right, Eddie, take a seat and watch how we play this game or else see yourself away. I'm already sitting. Play away. Two guys look back to each other, and and one takes a, a roll of dice, throws it on the table. It's three separate dice. Uh, as they come up at a certain number, they look to each other, and the one on the far side of the table throws his hands up in the air and uh, slams his fist down on the table, up in the air, down on the table, and says, now that's it. You're cheating. Those are loaded dice. I want them right now. And he goes to reach for the dice. The one who made the roll grabs his hand, pulls him up, and the two begin to scuffle over the table, tipping over into you. Or they're about to tip over into you. All right. And uh, I'm going to just uh, do my best to, to get between them there, to try to push them off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I say, hey, boys, come on now. There's no need for this. <laughs> they're both uh, very much not listening to what, what you're going or what you have to say. Um, both are really trying to punch each other. One's trying to grab a hand. Uh, one of them grabs your arm and attempts to push you and shove you out of the way. And I am going to grab that hand and I am going to bend it over backwards and then just apply a little pressure on his elbow and keep his momentum going. As you do that, since there's a lot of scuffle and they're more focused on each other, you have a fairly easy job at doing that. As you do that, his attention immediately switches from the person that he's fighting to you. Uh, and he's going to go ahead and contest that, and then with his free hand, he's going to take a swing at you. All right. Uh, If you'd like, let's go ahead and give me a roll. A roll for what? To, well, I guess depending on what you want to do, he's going to absolutely make a swing at you right now, Um, and I guess I should roll for him, so let's do that real quick. Gotcha. Well, he's got a number. Mm -hmm. So I've got his right hand bent Mm -hmm. behind him, and he's arcing down so i'm gonna roll to my so the our arms look like this my right elbows up mm-hmm. and it should be able to block his arm so i'm gonna roll for the ability to block his swing with that elbow up in the air go for it i got a one 
And then you're trying to roll below your yes. five, so you absolutely do that. Uh, he does not. So as he goes to to hit you, and you're with the positioning that you're in, you're easily able to, to block that with your arm. Um, he's going to struggle and attempt to pull out of your grasp. And then at this point, the other gentleman he was fighting decides to join the fray. And again, lunging at the same guy. So now you're both lunging at the same gentleman. Um, and the scuffle breaks out. There's some punches, there's some kicks, uh, nothing of, of huge consequence. But after about 10 to 15 seconds of this, there's a flash of light and there's the sound of alarms going off. What happens is some red lights start flashing and over the intercom, uh, you hear a, a voice, um, just a, a booming voice that comes out as, as um, I'm not even going to do a voice for that. It's okay. Uh, a voice comes over the intercom saying, all participants in illegal activities, please stop now. Security forces are on <laughs> their way. Um, the three of you still kind of, you uh, holding the one, the other one, <laughs> using the fact that you're holding him, gets a few pot shots in on him just to, <laughs> you know, just because he takes advantage of it. But the crowd around you is kind of forming up a little bit of a circle and they're starting to break. And you can see three... Uh, what looked like heavily armored men coming towards the three, coming towards you three. I'll give you a moment to, to kind of decide what you'd like to do with this case. Uh, I'm going to drop the guy and I'm going to back up with my hands up and say, I don't want no trouble. I, I, I was just visiting. <laughs> three guards enter into the area. Uh, each one grabs one of you. Um, one, the one approaching you as you kind of threw your hands up and stepped back doesn't come full on, but standing right in front of you, hands up, telling you to not move and stay where you are. The other two are being shackled uh, by the two remaining guards, both of them spitting, swearing at each other. And then one looks to you, one of the, the, the men who was fighting now looks to you and says, hey, he was involved in it too. Don't think he can get out of this without no problems. Uh, the guard who was in front of you says, is, is this true? Were you part of this? I was trying to break this up, but I understand you got to take us all in. Here, go ahead. Shackle me up. <laughs> he kind of looks kind of taken aback. He's like, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Um, puts a pair of shackles on you real quick. And then the three of you are, are led away. They start to lead you towards a, a tunnel on the far side of the room. Uh, as that is all going on, we move over to Brandy, who has already made her way down this tunnel. The jumpsuit lets you blend in very easily. As you're going through, you see several other people in relatively similar uh, jumpsuits. Um, but you're approaching a, another split. One leads off to the brig, and then one leads off in just to another hallway. Um, where you are currently is very sparsely populated. Okay. Are there any carts or closets with carts? Yes. So you've passed a couple maintenance cabinet or uh, closets i'm sorry they're all labeled there's a lot of storage there's a lot of things that need to be moved around so just by casual peeking in uh you do come across a a cart of cleaning supplies fairly Excellent. standard size cart yeah and i can use my electric drill to get in the, the maintenance closet and take the cart right so yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, i'd like to approach the brig with a cart okay and it's a cart that has mechanical doodads on it you're able to piece one together um you have enough time you found a cart you piled a couple what looked like tools to you on top of it, <laughs> yeah. uh, some rags, some other supplies. Uh, you go ahead and approach the head down the hallway towards the prig. 
uh, there is a sealed door at the end of this corridor with a guard on each side. And then to the right of the hallway, there's a glass window looking into another room, basically an entryway into the brig. Uh, as you approach, guards see you fairly easily. You're walking up with a cart. One of them holds their hand out um, while you're about say, 15 feet in front of them and says, uh, yeah, what can we do for you? Engineering. I got a ticket in the brig. The guard looks over, knocks on the glass. Um, you don't hear something, but he kind of reaches to his lapel and says something, then looks back, says, we ain't got no tickets. I'm not sure who sent you. Ah, oh, okay. I mean, there's something broken usually at any given time. So I'm going to take a bet, right? I'm going to think about the systems that could be broken in the brig. And I'm going to like, because right at your regular working environment. Oh, I know the fancy coffee machine. Those things always break. And I'm going to be like, really? I heard the, f and I don't have an accent for this because she's acting. <laughs> really? I heard that Keurig, um, <clears throat> I heard that coffee machine was down. It's working perfect. He looks to the other guard and then says, the coffee machine's broken? What? He knocks on the window again, muttering into his lapel. After a second, he kind of turns back and says, well, yeah, go ahead and check it out because I'm not working this post if I don't have coffee. You don't understand. This, this place doesn't work. Uh, the door, again, red light turns to green. It chimes. It slides open. Uh, and then what you see before you is a common room. A lot of tables set up, almost like a, a general meeting area with four, four hallways splitting off from it. This is much bigger than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like, we have the occasional stowaway. It's a single cell. Um, this is like, we regularly jail people. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, so the room itself is about, say, 20 by 20. Yeah. Um, and then the, the hallways, if you look down each one, it maybe goes for another 10 or 15 feet. Uh, so not too huge, but that's where these cells are. And this is kind of like a central common area. Okay. First thing I'm going to do is break the coffee machine. As you head over, you do see there is a coffee machine over in the corner. How bad or good do you want to break this? It's spurting like an aortic valve. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to fix this. The guards kind of look and see that happening and they're like, oh, man. Yeah, please, please. Um, and they just kind of leave you be. You see that inside there are one or two guards just kind of milling about, not really paying you too much attention. Um, and then you notice that there is one large central uh, dark circle in the ceiling in the center of the room okay i'm gonna chill here and wait for somebody to need rescuing sounds good and then let's switch gear scene transition <laughs> to aletha who is heading towards the fleet hq is that correct yes okay so as you approach the hallways are getting less and less populated mainly because not a lot of people hang out in this area uh, you're moving towards a, again, a split off and you see there's an elevator with a labeling next to it. And the labelings are, um, main offices. And then there's also a labeling for, um, what's the other one? Brig. It's almost like an elevator to the different levels of this area. Um, and what you know is that Toro resides in the main offices. Uh, she gets into the, like, elevator and hits the main offices mm -hmm. and while she's in the elevator she's tucking her bow like under her cloak so it's not like like obviously you're gonna know she has a bow if you look too closely but she's also not walking into this like i'm an armed robber <laughs> completely fair all right that works uh it's a quick elevator ride you go up maybe uh 
five or six seconds worth of travel. And as the door opens, you're kind of let out into just a very large office space. There are several workstations set up in this kind of bullpen area with offices lining the, the entire room. Uh, no one seems to pay too much attention to you. Everyone seems very uh, focused in on what they're doing, all their work. Everyone's got a workstation in front of them, so they're all busy, busy. Are they labeled with name tags? Like no. their little desk area? Okay. The the bullpen office, uh, the bullpen workstations are not labeled at all, but you do notice that there are labelings across the walls for the offices. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, is there like an intern around that's like pushing a coffee cart? This place runs on coffee, let me tell you. <laughs> um, there is not anyone pushing a cart, but you do see a desk with someone who you could equate it to like a receptionist desk. Um, Aletha walks over and she goes, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I have a meeting with a Mr. Toro. Uh, sounded real important and I'm kind of lost. Uh, it's my first year with this whole race thing and uh, there's not really a lot of help around here. And she just looks pathetic like oh no my womanly sensibilities help me oh no <laughs> <laughs> the lady sitting behind the desk looks up at you and says oh oh okay um yeah you're more than welcome to to help out i understand i was new for a while too uh toro's office is the one to the far back big red label on it she points towards the back of the room uh she says but uh, i don't have you listed i didn't have him listed as any appointments she's looking at a sheet next to her uh, on her desk um was this was it just made like where who sent you up this way um i and forgive me i'm still very new here and i'm not the greatest with names but uh, my boss just said to come up here and go into his office um I, again he just has this really fancy ship um and i, th I think it was called uh garish or something like that is the last place I was when I got the summons. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Zorro would happily want to chat with me. Uh, it's just don't send me back. Uh, my boss might get a little upset if I don't do this meeting, especially with however much time we have left before we got a launch. You can see that above her, there's another huge display clock that's now reading four and a half hours. Um, she yeah, looks... So Go ahead only four and a half hours to go and you know there's only one hour before we have to refuel and i'm really trying to get this meeting done now before we have to go get you know the fuels restocked she looks at her list and says you know no matter how many times you do it how many times you tell them to do paperwork no one ever does paperwork i'm sure it got lost go ahead uh he's back there i know he's in his office he had uh, he just had two other people leave so he should be free Perfect. Thank you so much. And then she walks up down to the office. Mm -hmm. uh, you walk towards the office. There is his name uh, listed on there. It's Toro Swice. Um, the door is closed, but you see there's a window next to the door inside. You can see a man sitting behind a desk just doing some paperwork. Uh, she knocks, but in like a very gentle way. Come on in. Uh, Mr. Toro, sir. Uh, I was sent up here from a mutual friend of yours, and she, like, shuts the door. And she says, um, a Mr. Uh, Mexel sent me your way. So sitting behind the desk is a, a, a guy who you could describe as your, your typical businessman. He's wearing relatively well-fashioned clothes, uh, no hair, pair of glasses. He's a human. Um, he's writing something down, filling out some paperwork. 
uh, not really paying you too much attention. As you're speaking to him, as soon as you mention the name Mexel, he stops writing and looks up at you, kind of eyes you up and down for a second and says, you say Mexel sent you. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I, I have some questions that I think you can answer. I'm happy to go do this over dinner, perhaps, if we need to, you know, leave your office for any reasons and pry in eyes and ears, but it's up to you. No, 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 please, please take a seat. He takes the paperwork that he's working on and slides it over to his desk, um, reaching to a drawer that's down below him. He pulls out another uh, book, a pretty thick book, and lays it down in front of him. Um, from his breast pocket, he also pulls a small device, setting it on the desk, pushes a button, and a little uh, arm pops up with a little red light that flashes. And he says, uh, yeah, so I'm assuming you're here to place a bet. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, why else would I have been sent up here by our mutual friend? Though I will say, he's a little twitchy to keep in your company. He wasn't very, we weren't really sure who we were supposed to bet with, and he spilled the beans rather fast. Uh, well, I mean, I can only take the bets and give them out. Sometimes some are better than others, but I can tell you, Mexel's not long for these races. Let me let you know. But, um, so, uh, who were you looking to bet on someone... Who were you looking to bet on? And how much? Well, I'd like to bet a uh, hundred units of whatever your y'all's money is. Um, I'm not very good with it, but I do like betting. Most of the time when I bet, I bet favors politically. But I have been informed I must use actual money this time. Ah, uh, that Mexal will... the. Uh, Mexal will win, because I have some insider knowledge that you might be interested in about his uh, little feud with another ship. He writes down some information, and he says his, he kind of looks at you for a second when you start talking about the hundred units of, of something, and he says, what was your name again? Uh, well, names have no place, but you can call me Aletha if you so choose. I absolutely do. Thank you. Uh, now, Olathe, a hundred, a hundred units, and you want to bet that the the Garish will win this leg. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And you say you have some insider information. Uh, of course I do, but I do have some questions for you as well. After I give you this information, of course. A oh, I mean, tap for a course. tap. I wouldn't expect uh, this to go any other way. Excellent. Uh, so I've heard that the uh, Mercury may have lost her crew in some way. We're not quite sure. I haven't really heard if it was murder or if it was a walk-off because somebody, you know, got pissed at someone. And that's actually part of the reason I'm here is heard you're the man of the hour. So if you have any inf that you would know if you and hear the whispers, if you would know what actually happened because i do like myself my murder mysteries and if a murder has occurred i would love to hear about it so let me get this straight you are privy to the information that maybe some cruise members have gone missing oh they're missing all right it's just a matter of how they're missing whether they're missing on purpose or as in they've left their job postings or if they're missing on accident as in someone has made them go go missing okay and can i ask what ship you're a part of i'm a part of the well 
I'm working on becoming a part of the Mexal crew. Understood. Well, well uh, what I can tell you is that I don't usually take such a small bet, but in the instance of, of where you're wanting to bet, I think that uh, I think that I can cover that. And for Mexel to win, I'd probably give you three to one odds. Um, but you have this hundred units that you can give me right now. Oh, I was under the impression this was a loan system. Well, see, what happens is usually they bring the loans to me. Now, if you don't have the money, I understand. I can loan you the hundred, but you're oh, going to owe me sounds... back. Oh, that sounds about right. And you do realize that if you don't win, I expect my investment plus. Well, of course, there's no other way to do a loan now, is there? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm glad we can do business like this. Sometimes I get people, and it's good to see that you understand these things. Now, I must ask you, you do realize that betting on the universal traversal is highly illegal, is that correct? Is there any kind of legal betting? What is with you all? You all are such prudes. Nope, I just wanted to make sure that I could sit here and record this conversation. So just in case you decide that uh, this may not be the best way you want to go about things, that we're on the same page. So what I will do is I will go ahead and put down your bet. Now, the Mexel has a great chance. But what I really want you to look at is this this crew disappearing. Um, I'm assuming you spoke to, to Leon Dramsk, is that correct? Uh, yes, he was... A person that we ran, I ran into when I first got on this here station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you don't have a ship. You're trying to get on with the Mexel. Yes. I'm Perfect. rather new to the racing game, and hence my small little bet. Perfect. Okay. Tell you what. I'm going to take this. I will be right back. You just stay in that seat, and don't you move a muscle. Run. And he goes to get uh, up and walk out of the office. Oh, he does. He does try to get up and walk out of the office. Mm-hmm. But uh, He's going to she attempt. steps in she steps in front of the door and is like, Well now, ain't that something? I gave you some information. And I do believe you owe me some information. And I'm not one to make threats very lightly. But I have some friends that have quite a shorter fuse than I do. Now that being said, my mama always did say I had just quite the little bit of a temper on me. So if you might want to share your information. <laughs> he takes a step back, back to standing next to his desk and says, well, I do appreciate the enthusiasm that you have. It's, it's very nice to see this in up and coming people. Uh, but what I may counter your offer with is um, your short temper versus the entire force of my security team. Oh, oh, darling, you don't need a security team if you're dead. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but they're definitely ones to ensure that I don't die. And as he says this, he dives for his desk. Oh, she is for sure pulling out her bow and shooting him because they. she kept her bow because her thought process was, they, she looked at their weapons. We're like, oh, those are advanced. I wonder if they even worry about sticks with pointy rocks anymore. Mm-hmm. I can probably shoot them still. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so you're going to whip out the bow and take a shot? Yep, and she's oh. just wanting... She's not necess- She's not trying to kill him yet, because she still needs information. Gotcha. But incapacitate would be helpful. So you're definitely <laughs> going to have to roll, and we're rolling lasers on this one. Um, so you're going to have to roll oh. a two or under. Is is it 
Is it lasers though? Because this is she's very this isn't la- isn't feelings like diplomacy, even if it's threatening <laughs> diplomacy. <laughs> That is an interesting way of looking at it. Tell you what, I'll let you, I'll, I'll give you 10 seconds to argue it. If you can sway me, I'll let you roll on feelings. Because she's very passionate about this whole thing and her whole thing was diplomacy and diplomacy can go both ways. You can purposely piss people off to make them react or you can play nice and get them to like you. That's compelling. You're going to, you're going to instill your arrow with this passion. Yes. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's shooting him to defend her diplomacy. You're absolutely right. Tell you what, I'll give it to you. Ha! Sweet. Just because I like to see how this is going to go, how you're going to diplomacy your way out of shooting an arrow at him. So you're over a two is what you're looking for. Yep, and that's a five. Fantastic. You, you, with your reflexes, he's not the quickest thing in the world. He goes to duck behind his desk or to dive behind his desk, I apologize. And you're able to quickly pull your bow, notch an arrow, you take a shot. You notice that it does just graze his arm, but where it grazes, there's a shimmer. And the arrow bounces off and lands into the wall next to him. Now, as he lands, he looks up and freezes almost, like uh, quite unsure of what just happened. He says, what was that? Ah, well, I have some technology on me um, that you might or may not be familiar with. Uh, I'm happy to show you later, but for now... We're going to need to not call that security team. He says, well, well, I appreciate that. We're going to have to call that security team. And he presses a button underneath his desk. As he does, the window that was transparent goes dark. And you hear a clack as the door locks, leaving you both in there for a moment. She immediately bursts into tears, throws her weapon on the ground. And is screaming, help, help, he's attacking me, he's gone mad. And I am so sorry, I just had this appointment, my boss just sent me, please help me, I don't want to die. He looks at you from behind the desk like, wait, what, what, what? And we're going to pause that, and we're going to switch now, while you're both staring at each other in disbelief. And we're going to move back over to Eddie, who's being escorted down the hall, in a very polite manner, by the guard standing behind him, while the other two that were in the kerfuffle are in front of you being escorted against their will. Uh, you go down the hall and you approach the entrance to the brig that we saw earlier. You see the two guards in front. Uh, and then you, as you, the six of you approach at this point, one of the guards leads in, speaks to his lapel, the doors slide open and you all casually walk into the brig. Uh, as you enter, you see the same thing I described earlier. Nice big room, couple tables, several hallways. But you notice uh, Brandy working on a coffee machine that is sputtering water like a display fountain. <laughs> uh, as you enter, you are taken down one of the hallways uh, and locked into a cell all by yourself while the every, each one of you basically gets your own cell. Down this hallway, there are four cells. Uh, each one is now, well, one of them is still empty, but you are placed in the cell. The guard uh, unshackles you, says, look, as long as everything clears up, they'll let you out of here in about an hour and a half, just enough time to get back to your ship for refueling, and then you'll be good to go. All right, uh, I understand, I, I, I get it. I work with law enforcement all the time. You gotta do your job, I'll comply. Well, we appreciate that greatly. Uh, he turns around, walks out of the cell as he does, uh, bars shut closed. Same thing happens in the other two. Um, and you are left alone in this cell. You see that there's small sink, small mirror, small bed, and a little chair for reading. But aside from that, very unadorned at the moment. 
Did I see anybody that meets the descriptions of the crew on my way in? You did not, but unfortunately you didn't see much of what was going on. The common area was pretty empty with the exception of the two guards. Uh, and then the one now still open cell in your hallway was empty. Gotcha. Still empty. Mm -hmm. Let me just take a look at the door. Can I see anything, any kind of like anything from my side? Mm -hmm. uh, iron bars meet in the middle. So there's a seam right in between. You don't see a visible lock on them. Um, you, as you kind of went in on the outside of the door, there was obviously a control panel um, that the guard swiped something on as he walked out to close the door. Um, yeah. So Brandy's fixing the coffee machine with the cart. So I'm going to wheel the cart and I'm going to go down the hallway and I'm going to take each down the hallway, like picture like a, if I kept my hand on the left wall, I'm going to go in that room first because I don't know where he's been taken. Um, and so I'm going to go in the first room on the left. All right. So first hallway. Uh, as you go, you kind of make your way through. You come across a cell. Obviously, you see the bars uh, inside. Uh, it's empty. There's no one in there. Yeah. And then going. you're just going to continue on around. Yep. The first hallway you go through was empty. No one in there. Uh, as you enter the second hallway, you stop at the first cell uh, because you see a small woman with very red hair. Uh, just kind of sitting uh, or laying back on the bed and she's tossing a ball up and catching it. Um, she doesn't quite pay attention to you, though. Why are you in here? She looks up at you from the bed and just kind of says, well, that's a great question. I'd love to know. Um, now, if you can find someone that can maybe get me an answer, I'd love to get out of here. Because, you see, I need to get back to my ship because I've been put in here for some oh, wow, BS reason. Oh, I, I just leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> You go ahead and walk away. She's still going off. She's like, this is bull. I'm tired of this. Can someone please let me out of here? Uh, hmm. <laughs> Making your way to the next one. Again, it is occupied. Older looking man. Big bushy beard. Uh, he's sitting on the floor um, and he's he's got a little piece of paper and something and he's kind of writing things down. Arlen. He looks up. He looks up and kind of squints his eyes for a second. He says, quiet, quiet, Arlen. It's like, is it, are you wearing my jumpsuit? Shh, quiet. You're not so good at the instructions. You need to be good at instructions if you want to get out. <laughs> <laughs> he looks and he's like, well... Shh, shh, no. Here's what's going to happen. You and I are here to fix the coffee machine. Not okay. if you understand. <laughs> he just, he nods solemnly. He's like, yeah. Okay, so what we are going to do is, I'm going to unlock this door, but you are going to stay in your cell... For one hour. He looks perplexed. He just nods again. He's like, Okay. After the hour, you leave the cell, and if anyone asks, Why are you here? You were here to fix the coffee machine. Okay? Good one nodding. final nod. Good nodding. Okay, now, do not try to leave this room before an hour, because unfortunately, although I am here to help you, I might have to kill you. His eyes go wide, and he just nods again he shakes his head at first and he's like mm -mm. okay one hour okay good do you know who put you in here you can talk now uh i i don't we were we were in our bunks we were at uh, waiting for the next day and all of a sudden i was woken up i was bagged and when i woke up i was here and they didn't even ask my name no one's come and checked on us since we got in here like we don't know what's going on Okay, well, what's going on is you fixed the coffee machine. It's wonderful now. 
and you want to leave. An hour from now. You will make your way back to the Mercury, and I will see you there. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. Yeah, coffee machine. And I'm going to try to crack the door open with my electric drill. All right. Come on, Let's screwdriver. See. Under a five? And I, I ask, do you have any advice for this? Do you want to help me? Because then I can add a second dice. Mm, very <laughs> true. He's a mechanic. <laughs> yes. So he, he stays where he is, and he... And it looks, and he's like, all you have to do is be careful to not trip the bypasses, because once you try to unlock the main one, it's going to try and trigger a bypass. So just don't do that. Got it. He's like, so you understand. Two dice? <laughs> or you have three or four dice. Aren't you proficient in this? I don't know. <laughs> so l- lock picking, I would assume. Yeah. Yes, to a degree. Is it a foreign lock pick? Yes. I'll give you the three dice. Three dice. Okay. Three dice. And I'm, I'm going about this in a very mechanical way. So does that mean I'm trying to roll f- for lasers? Yes. Okay. First dice is under already. I mean, do I proceed? No. Okay. Yeah, right, go ahead, because I want to see how far under you can get. <laughs> uh, that one's lower, too. Okay, I got a three. Okay. Three was the lowest? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, you sit there, and there's a, a buzz, a pop, some static hiss, uh, nothing too loud, and then a quick ding. As you see a red light turn green, um, nothing opens, but there is a button that just displays to open. Excellent. I book it out of the room. Um, I guess we're going to need Jerry, but I have no intention of breaking Deidre out. <laughs> Security specialist didn't do her job. So. <laughs> Completely fair. As this is happening, you are directly across from another cell, right? These are lined up two facing each other. Um, once there's the click and the hiss and the ding, it's not the most quietest ding in the world, mm-hmm. but you do hear something from behind you saying, well, Jerry, Jerry, someone letting you out. What's going on? Behind you, there is a very tall man, bald, who's standing holding the grates, like trying to look over um, uh, to see what's going on. He's like, hey, who, who, are, who are you? Who are you? Come here. Let's do <clears throat> quiet. this. Let- quiet. Do you want out? Quiet. Well, yeah, I want out. Quiet. Come on. <laughs> Let- what are you doing? I'm letting you out if you be quiet. This grabs the attention of Deirdre, who hears scuffling and says, Who's out there? Who's getting out? What's going on? Oh, security specialist of the... Okay, I just... I I say, if you leave this cell before an hour has passed, I will have no choice but to kill you. Do you understand, Jerry? Why are you trying to kill me? You're trying to let me out. I need to get back to my ship. I'm trying to let you out. Just agree. You will not leave before an hour. Uh, No, I want out. Fine, fine. Yes. Okay, sure. I'll wait an hour. Yes. Deirdre's still yelling at this point. I head down the hall for Deirdre. I'm just going to knock her out. I'm just going to knock her out. I just, I can't. You're going to go through the through the gates? <laughs> yeah, I just got to knock her out. I got to stick. Um, it's like a stun gun, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, there's no stealth in this. There's no mechanics on that. You're not going to no. unlock it. You're just going to attempt to kind of reach. Yeah, cattle prod. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. You you approach. She's literally there at the, at the bars. Um, hey, and... hey, come here. I got the secret for you. Bam. while this is going as a small side note um eddie as you're hanging out in your cell you hear shouting coming from somewhere not too far away and then abruptly it stops and then abruptly it stops Uh uh-huh now at this you you do you you get the you get the cattle prod off she kind of seizes up for a second and then falls down into a into a, a heap on the ground. Great. Um, but you do hear a very unfamiliar voice. What was that? And you hear footsteps coming towards you. 
Oh, okay. Um, I go back to the coffee machine, or do I not have time? Are they coming t- from the coffee machine or from a different way? You. So you're in the second hallway now. Um, you can hear it. It's pretty indistinct, but it sounds like it's coming from the opposite side of the room. Oh, darn. Okay. Between so if you were and to, the... Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They will notice you coming out of there. Okay. All right. So I just I just hang out uh, right behind the door. So when you open a door, there's a blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how tall is the ceiling? You're about 10 feet. Yeah, I'm just behind the door. Yep. Okay. Um, so when the door opens, I'm just going to knock out whoever comes through. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, you, you, take up a, uh, you take up a hiding space, and after about two, three seconds, um, the door does open, and a guard walks in, kind of looking like, what's going on in here? What's You get a, a surprise chance. All right. Stealth attack. <laughs> Sneak attack. Yep. Give me, give me two dice. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, that was a two. Wow. Yeah, you, um, this is, this is going a very interesting way. You're just <laughs> piling up bodies at this point. You manage to get the jump on him. Yay. And you stick the cattle prod right in the small of his back. Um, he jolts up quickly and then again falls to the ground. I put him in the cell. <laughs> There's, so they're all locked. So you're going to have to try to open up another one. Yeah. Solid. Uh, okay. Why not? <laughs> I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> at this, you, uh, you don't actually know. You you're fine on the ground. I don't know how long you're going to be out, but it's fine. I'm going to get Jerry out. I'm going to get, uh, no, oh crap. The one hour thing is going to not be great advice. Um, okay. All right. I step over his unconscious form. I go right back to Jerry and I say, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just knock out a guard? Shh, shh, shh. I'm going to unlock this door. And was that Deirdre yelling? What? Uh, it's uh, fine. We're going to go back to the Mercury together. I'm doing Puss in Boots now because I can't Sofia Vergara. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Puss in Boots. Fantastic movie, oh. by the way. The Last Wish. Go it's see very it. Very close. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to try to open Jerry's door because I'd rather use it for that. Uh, oh, no. Easily. It, you've already unlocked Jerry's. Oh, so perfect. it's just a matter of just opening. The, the, the bars slide open and he comes out, sees the guard on the ground. Um, he sees Arlen in the hall in the cell adjacent. And he's like, oh, we got to get Arlen too. And we got to get Deirdre. Come on, Arlen. Arlen, come here. <laughs> and then I, I'm going to say, you two go to the Mercury. Do not take Deirdre. Okay. Why do you think you're in here? It was her. I'm like, well, what? We can't leave her. <laughs> She's part of our crew. She did this to you. They're both not really believing you. Go back to the Mercury. I'll explain everything there. If you'd like to roll. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to roll over a five. Because this is not laser. This is emotional. Yeah. This is emotional. You're really trying to convince these guys. Okay. All right. Come on, dice. Come on, dice. Got a one in three chance that this works, guys. (laughs) That's a five. Oh, that's a laser feelings. (laughs) So, (laughs) and you might win. Not only did you just succeed, they both kind of look at each other in disbelief and they're like, Do you really think, like, Leon's got to know something about this? Okay, okay, we're going to head back to the ship. Um, Like, both of them are just in disbelief, but they're both heading out of the hall back into the common room. Um, And you get, I mean, I'll let you ask a question before we continue on. Okay. You get your insight question. My question is, I mean, like, there's game-breaking questions that I don't want to ask. Like, I don't want to just be like, who locked him up in the cells? Understandable, right? <laughs> but I want to ask something that gets me some questions. So I'll say this. Who is in charge of the brig? The brig is run by Toro. Got it. 
Wait, Toro's in charge of... I wrote this down. He works information securities. Mm -hmm. Securities and procedures. Okay, information securities is the brig. Information slash securities. I'm sorry, I missed a slash. Oh. So information slash securities. Got it. Okay, got it, got it. I understand what's going on now. All right. Perfect. My last move before I flee this pop stand is I'm going to go get my friend Eddie and pop the lock, take you with me. So as you exit this one hallway of cells, you go back into the common room. Um, Jerry and Arlen are making their way towards the front door. Uh, there's still one security guard walking around the common rooms. There were two on the outside and there were two on the inside. The one kind of turns and looks and says, where are you all going? His hand moves to his hip. Uh, okay, so because it looked like they were coming out, but okay, all right. He's like, uh, I'm going to need everyone to go ahead and stop um, and go back, like explain what's going on. Why are we out of our cells? Who are you? You need to rush him if you want to get out. And wow. I'd like to persuade all three of us to rush the guard because he can only kill one of us. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> Go for it. You are welcome to roll those dice. As this is going on, Eddie, you hear some odd shouts and everything going on outside of your hall. The two, the two gentlemen. I'm already out, right? No, you're not out yet. She hasn't made it to your hall. You're just hearing all of this. She was on her way to get you. I'm coming for you if I live. Give me two out of three chance to live here. So. All right, here we go. Over again, over a five. <laughs> Rushim, and I'm gonna roll. Um, and whether or not they rush him, I will. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a four, so they probably don't rush him, but I do. Yeah, they don't. That's um, fine. <laughs> they just kind of stop immediately, and you run forward uh, after this guard. And as he sees you dash towards him, you've got a solid, like, 15 feet of movement, you know, to, to get up to him. Um, he sees you charging. He hears you yell, get him. And his hand immediately reaches to his lapel and hits something and alarms. Ah, darn. All you right. make it to him. Good. Um, and it, it just give me one one quick roll uh, under five. Or, yeah, or, you know. Two. Two? You're able to knock him down to the ground. Or, I'm sorry, what were you trying to do? Yeah, that, knock him out. Perfect. So you, you get him knocked down to the ground, and he is fairly stunned. Um, but he's not unconscious in any way, shape, or form. He's a little bit dazed. You caught him off guard, but he is slowly attempting to get back to his feet. I want the handcuffs. Okay, you search him for a pair. As you start to, he starts to kind of tussle with you a little bit, but he's still a little groggy. Um, you're able to get a pair of cuffs off of him. Okay. All right, uh, gonna try to cuff him and gonna say, Arlen, Arlen, hold down this guard. I get my friend, we leave. Oh my, Not Jerry? <laughs> what? Jerry was the, the, the... yeah, we're good. Um, Jerry's a jerk. <laughs> so... <laughs> You've got The Rock, and you've got Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf is going to help you hold down someone. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. Yes, exactly. There you go. Jerry! Jerry, come here! Still a little bit impassioned by your role earlier. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So he comes, and he's, he's helping hold down this guard who's struggling right now. Um, you hear some yells going on. These alarms are still going. And you hear there's a, there's a hiss as the front door unlocks um, as it starts to open. Uh, so as this is all going on. Okay, new plan. I'm not just going to unlock Eddie's door. It's going to be all of them. 
As I'm like going down the line, unlocking doors. That's sprint unlock. That's my plan. Confusion Do you have time escape. for this? I don't know, man. I'm sprinting. I hope Jerry's <laughs> holding this guy down because I'm running. Can we back up? So when I heard the yelling, <laughs> my character, I'm, I'm contained by metal bars that latch in the middle, correct? Correct. correct. I can see this metal. I still have a laser pistol on my person. Mm-hmm. I've seen what laser pistols do to metal. Correct. Cool. I'm gonna burn through that. <laughs> as soon as soon as you hear this yelling, all of this going on, this 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 pandemonium, you take out the the pistol. You start firing shots at these at these metal grates. Uh, it takes about seven or eight shots while you hear all this stuff going on. But uh, a piece of the the or vertical bars does break off. Uh, you see it start to buckle in that point. Um, and you almost, you kind of get the sense that you might be able to muscle this at this point. Um, but I am going to need a roll from you. Okay, roll to bust the door down. Yeah. And I believe I have two dice on this. That is absolutely correct. Okay. All right. Dice number one is two. Okay. Dice number two is six. So, so I think going... I do it poorly and take some damage. That is correct. Yeah. So you were at a five. Oh, no, wait. You were at a four. There we go. So you got that. You got that. You're able to muscle through it. Uh, you, you get enough done on there, but you're in such a haste that when you go to grab, like the bar's still kind of melting and hot. So it, it scalds you a little bit, but nothing, nothing too terrible. Um, you make your way out into the hall. And as soon as you make your way out into the hall, you see Brandy um, wrestling handcuffs <laughs> from a guard who's on the ground. <laughs> with a tall man that matches the description of Jerry that you heard from Dramsk earlier, um, helping her. And then the door to the brig is opening and two more guards are coming through <laughs> with weapons drawn. Okay. Come on, quick draw Desperado. I, well, I, what choice do we have? Um, so I'm going to switch to stun and I am going to try to shoot the two guards before they take me down. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Give me an, give me another lasers. How how many how many rolls do I have at this? Maybe two. two. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and uh, does uh, d- uh, Brandy? Do you want to give me an assist? Maybe maybe distract them, scream or something. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Then you know what you got three on there. Let's okay. go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I got a one, a three, and a five. Perfect. So, uh, as you come out, you see this commotion. Brandy, you see Eddie coming out of the hallway. You immediately throw your hands up in the air and yell to get everyone's attention. The guards turn to you, um, Eddie. You're able to get off two shots and hitting one of the guards, dropping one of the guards to the floor, stunned. Uh, the, The blasts that hit him kind of ripple through him and just collapses into a heap. The third shot that you got off missed the third guard, uh, but his attention is drawn. So now he's he's stuck for a moment because he sees this one yelling. He got taken off guard by you shooting at him, um, and he is going to pull his gun and he's going to take a shot at um, Brandy because that's the one he's paying attention to. He don't he's in the confusion. He's going to go ahead and fire that off. Um, yep. <laughs> he has he's more physical based. So again, he's a five. He needs to roll under that. And he rolled a six. <laughs> Woo! 
in the commotion, he just can't bear himself. Like, this isn't such a normal occasion. Someone's not just wildly screaming on the ground. His shot goes wide. Um, Jerry now has the guard on the ground subdued. Like, fine, you're not going anywhere, so you're free to do something right now. Okay. Who? Run! <laughs> no! <laughs> Please, tell Sorry, me what's going on. We are breaking the yes hand. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. People. <laughs> Don't run. <laughs> we are in a position of power here. Oh. How many guards are still functional? One. I have a stun gun. I will come and shoot him at point blank range. <laughs> Roll it up. You're going to get three on that as well. Which should be. Three, three, and two. Perfect. He falls to the ground easily with the two shots that you lay into him. You're now, both of you, well, all four of you, because now we're including Arlen and Jerry, are standing in the middle of this common, uh, this common area. There is shouting coming from almost each hallway with people that are still in their cells yelling. Um, there's still an alarm going. Mm. Okay. Uh, we should disable that. I'm going to step one. Let's, uh, I say, Arlon, mechanically, where is the alarm most likely to be based? He looks at you and says, well, it's going to be in the, in the office, which is the, the room that we passed on the way in. Okay. It's towards the way out. I love it. Let's go there. Okay. Perfect. You two go up there and try to disable the alarm. Uh, Jerry, with me real quick, let's throw these guards in one of these cells. Perfect. Yeah. All right. You're all taking that action. We're going to switch back. <laughs> Scene transition. We're sitting in Toro's office. Oh, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Olathe, you find yourself in the office. Uh, Toro is still kind of ducked behind his desk. You hear, you heard the alarm go off earlier when he pushed a button to kind of sound for guards. You also, after a few seconds, hear another alarm going off. Um, you see there's his display. Toro's display is flashing with several lights. And he takes a look at that caught off guard. He's like, what? Oh my God. Oh, All right. So he's panicking now. Stuck behind his desk. He says, my guards will be here any second, and they're going to take you down, and then I've got to get this all figured out, and all I was trying to do was make money. Why is this so difficult? Uh, and he, he's reaching for something else behind his desk. He's, he's opening up. You hear him opening up drawers and trying to find something else. While you're hysterically like, please, <laughs> yelling at this. <laughs> so she stops screaming for just a second, and she looks at him, and she, she's starting to whisper, and she goes, well, now, looks like we're at a little bit of a stalemate. I could probably take care of your business down in the bottom. I know there's probably a secret staircase or something, slide, super slide. I'm really hoping it's a super slide down to the jails. And I will go solve your little jailhouse problem if you just let me go. Or, or, I will continue on with my little tirade. And I will accuse you of basically trying to murder me. And you will be going to the brig. Now, I don't know who they're going to believe. Probably you for a little bit. But I am just a poor, poor woman just trying to make my way in the world. And I'm willing to use that to get my way. That's amazing. I love this. It's like evil Dolly Parton. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> he's so caught off guard with the majority of what's going on. And he's his attention is split between the screen, the button he just pushed, you. Uh, he, he looks and he's like, uh, there, uh, th yeah, there, there's a there's a, a there's a door behind that wall behind the picture. Uh, as he's speaking to this, the door opens up and three guards come in the room. They're like, sir, sir, Toro, we got your alarm. What's going on? Who is this? Each one of them hand on their hip. Uh, but not taking an action yet. Toro just kind of looks ah. and says, wait, wait, wait. Like stopping them dead. 
before and then God. Uh, she grabs her bow. She t- takes a little curtsy and she says, ta-ta, boys, and just jumps through the secret door. <laughs> goes. <laughs> so you notice that when he pointed, he pointed to a fairly large picture that was on the wall. Uh, you, we're going to just oh, let she's this assuming happen. There's, she's assuming there's nothing behind that picture and she's just going straight through it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, you make a just full body barrel through into this picture and luckily it gives way. Uh, and you stumble right into a, a very dark hall. As you do, you notice two things. Uh, one, you're in a relatively dark hall that you can't see much further, you know, about five feet down. There's a control panel up on the wall that's flashing red. And the three guards who came in have now drawn weapons and are getting ready to fire on you as they see you escape. Because as soon as you went to go jump through that picture, Toro started yelling for them to get you. Well, they can try, but I run real fast, so peace. <laughs> <laughs> Completely fair. Uh, so let's let's do this real quick. You quickly like uh, scramble to get up and you take off into the darkness. Um, behind you, there are a couple shots that go off. You hear uh, blast pinging off the walls around you. Uh, I will need one roll from you, though, because I need to see how well you can get away from this. Um, and... You are in the dark, so I'm going to give you two dice, and you need to roll under your two. Okay, that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna make the case for two dice because she did run around on a farm and like running around in the dark on a farm. One hundred percent, absolutely. I got a three. Was my lowest? I got a three and a six. Oh. <laughs> the dice really want me to get shot today. So, uh, at, you're making your run. Uh, two shots ping off the wall. One on your left side as you stumble forward thinking you avoided a last shot you're hit on your right shoulder now this was a stun shot because of the light that you've seen flying around is green it's not red the armor that you're wearing because you put on the vest from earlier absorbs most of that uh you feel the force is what pushes you forward you kind of tumble forward you know head over heels uh, and as you land in a sitting position find yourself on an escape slide heading in a very downward motion at a very fast pace um not sure what's going on as this happens you do hear alarms going off again and lights have turned on over your head showing you the 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 path that you're following down this slide you're sliding down this it's a pretty relative speed you do see a bottom and at the bottom there is a a straightening off that leads down to another hallway uh you you make it to the bottom your shoulder is still a little sore you're still a little disoriented uh but you do see at the end there is another door you're not sure where it leads to and it's completely up to you on how you want to proceed through this door um she's just ripping it open and walking through as calm like calmly but efficiently because she's not trying to be like oh i'm running from the law but she's also not like oh i'm being sneaky she's like i belong here it's fine okay Uh, as you open the door it leads out into a hallway um you look at like dead in front of you there's a like key showing you what's in what direction uh to the right is the brig to the left is a cargo bay as soon as you're in the hall you hear more alarms going off still the same alarms you heard upstairs you see a group of two guards, like basically as soon as you came through the door, they weren't really paying attention to you. They were passing you running towards the brig area. Um, As this all happens, you all hear in your headsets, the voice of Dramsk come over and say, (laughs) what is going on? 
<laughs> guys, guys, I, I, I hope that things are going well, but I'm hearing alarms going off. Uh, have you found the crew? Do you know what's going on? Please, uh, we're actually starting refueling right now. Uh, we've got three hours to get out of here, so um, please let me know what's going on. Aletha goes, wait, can you hear me? Can, you, can I respond on these things? These things are so cool. Yes, I can definitely hear you. I've, <laughs> I've heard, heard almost everything you've all been saying. Oh, excellent. Uh, just know if you repeat any of that, I will kill you. Anyways, um, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm going to start heading your way unless the other two need any help. Oh, no, we didn't know that you could hear us too. You already know then that we found your crew in the brig. Do you actually want Deidre? Uh, have you been recording any of this? Because uh, if you were recording that conversation with the... Uh... I don't, my character doesn't know about this. D is there any chance that he record? Dang it. My character doesn't know about this. <laughs> Aletha, uh, you had a very incriminating conversation with a certain mastermind. Aletha will just straight up murder the man that hired us if necessary. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no, but like, so here's the question. Did Leon Dramsk record the conversation between Aletha and Toro? Toro. Uh, he answers back. He's like, uh, no, I haven't been recording any of these conversations. I, I wish I would have. I've been trying to get my ship prepped, and now I'm starting the refueling process. I, I just heard alarms, and I figured, well, it may have been you three. <laughs> well, now, I don't know what you expected when you decided to hire an adventuring party, but this has been an adventure. Let's meet up back at the ship. Yeah. We, uh, we, you know, we found your crew. By the way, do you need all of your crew? Because Deidre's kind of a dud. I just, you, you tell me. It's like, well, yes, I need all four. The ship doesn't run unless I have my entire crew on board. Fine. I need everyone. Fine, fine, fine. We will be there in two minutes. Okay. I, right. I carry her like a bag of cloth, like potatoes. Well, yeah. She's five foot, right? I can probably. Probably. Where are we right now? Yeah, exactly. So let's let's pick it up. Oh, let's yeah. do a recap. We have Aletha sitting or standing in a hall. Just came through that that passage. Um, Brandy, you and Arlen are heading towards the brig office to try to kill the alarms. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah. And then Jerry and Eddie are heading. Well, I think we already did. Jerry and Eddie. Oh, you were binding um, up the rest of the guards. Yeah, we ju we just tossed them in a cell. And now I have, I am in the, uh, the, the break room with the cart and the coffee machine, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so I am going to grab Deirdre's body, put it in the trash receptacle behind the cart, <laughs> right? Because this is like a janitorial cart originally. 100%. Put her in there. Cool. Um, and then me... Uh, Jerry and Deirdre are going to head up to the front office and check on progress. Okay. Uh, you're arranging that. You're stuffing a body in a trash can. And we <laughs> switch do. over. As you do. <laughs> and then we switch over to um, Brandy and Arlen. You make your way out the front door of the brig uh, because the, the security office was on a small side door. Um, you see there is a guard in there and he's like looking very frantic. You go to open the door uh, and it opens before he can get a chance to lock it. Uh, so you both barge into this into this office and he's kind of standing there. He reaches for his hip. Uh, well, reaching for your hip is a mistake um, because it means you don't already have the weapon. And I do already have a lot of insanity, apparently. So I just <laughs> rush. Um, honestly, 
if I could just even just pin him against the wall so that he can't get his hand to his hip and like headbutt him into unconsciousness at this mm-hmm. point, who knows what Randy's doing? So, um, yeah, at least that, you know, roll through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's probably, I don't know. I mean, like that sounds kind of feelings when I describe it. How about instead I'm going to force his laser. Brute force is laser. Brute force is laser? All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do I get any stealth attack bonuses? You'll get two rolls. Uh, like surprise. So you'll get you'll get two on it. Wow. Five is a powerful number. I got a three. So. Okay. All right. That second roll was really helpful. So <laughs> my goal is to make this person unconscious. So your number was a five, right? And you rolled a three? Yeah. So five to three, you're able to pin him against the wall um, and you get a good hit on him, but he's definitely not unconscious, um, but he is fighting back vehemently. Uh, While you're doing that, um, Arlen moves to the control pad and starts fiddling with things. He looks like he's trying to do something. Um, And while that is going on, while you take that action, the guard that you're holding against the wall is going to attempt to basically reverse this on you and kind of pull off another one. Um, he was at a five. He's going to roll a four. Okay. So you're both in a a in a, a contest of strength, like brute force, basically back back and forth to each other. You have a little bit of an advantage just because you rolled slightly higher on that. So you're both neither making headway nor losing any ground. Just stuck in this in this fight while um, while Ireland is working on this. Uh, Eddie, rushing out of the main room, correct? Yes. You, as soon as you're out the door, you look through the little window, you see Brandy fighting with a guard, you see um, Jerry, I'm sorry, Arlen, fighting with a console, and you also see down the hall coming towards you, two more guards. Okay. I am going to instruct uh, Jerry to pretend he is maintenance fleeing from the scene, and... I am going to climb inside the cart in like the big compartment section where they store chemicals. How tall are you again? Six foot. It's a scrunch. Okay. Uh, at this point, yeah, at this point, everyone on the crew is involved in what's going on there. You don't necessarily need to roll. They're in agreement with you. Everyone knows that the end goal here is to get back to the ship, which they're all for. Uh, you are going to, as this is happening, luck would have it that the cart is turned so that the entry into the underneath is basically the guards are seeing the backside of this cart. So you're trying to do that while Arlen, no, I'm sorry, while Jerry, I get these names confused. I have them written. Sees this and immediately breaks into, oh my God, please help. There's pandemonium. Oh, there's so much going on. This is incredible. I don't know. Please help me. Like pull it, pouring on the waterworks. It's fantastic. The guards approach and let's see. So he was, da, 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 da. he was there. He had a three as his number and he's going to roll a persuasion. So he's got to get under the three. Mm. Over, persuasion. over the three, over. over the three. Yeah, thank you very much. He's got to get over the three and he rolls a one. Oh. As he does this, he gives it his best effort, but these guards are... They don't know what's going on, so they're coming in completely full of suspicion. They immediately pull weapon and tell him to get on the ground. Um, He complies very quickly as they're beginning to approach. Uh, They don't know anyone's in the office, nor do they know that you are hiding in the cart right now. Um, They also, from their viewpoint, can't see a body stuffed in the trash can attached to this cart. (laughs) 
There's Pretty a big lid. trash can. There's a lid, absolutely. <laughs> While that's going on, Olivia, you see these two guards running down the hall. As you pay more attention beyond them, you can see the door to the brig. You can see someone yelling that matches a description you heard from Dramsk. You know who this is. You see the guards not falling for it. They're not paying attention to you. Go for it. Whatever you'd like to do. Uh, she follows. She strolls in behind them and says, Oh, darling guards, I know you that you're here to deal with the brig, but uh, I do believe your boss might have sent out a little memo about someone he's looking for and that would be me and she's trying to bait them into running away so that way the others can escape and she's just gonna try to run lose them and circle back to the ship because she's assuming she's assuming that they sent out some kind of alert like watch out for the crazy southern woman running through the hallways go ahead uh two little laser stuns also come out from underneath the cart while they're paying attention to you yeah, that's the help action. That distraction. Yes, it absolutely is. So uh, we got a help from there. So that's, let's do, well, rolls from both of you because this is probably going to be successful either way. Um, Eddie, roll two, and then Aletha, roll two. Cool. Are we are we lasering or are we feeling? Um, Aletha, you're feeling. Because you're Sweet. you're performing. And then, um, yes. And I'm making an attack roll, so that's laser. Uh-huh. So I got a two we- and a four. Okay. Oh, Aletha I, I, is laser feelings. Laser feelings. Well, oh my god, this is so just successful all the way around. Yeah, you're both laser feelings at this point. Um, the guards so focused on Jerry that they don't even notice. Uh, Aletha, you come up, you whisper this to them, or you speak to them as you approach from the behind. They both look just completely bewildered. Uh, and as they do that, the two shots score immediately in unarmored parts, basically right at the back of the neck as they turn. Both guards crumple to the ground. Um, you both get an insight question. <laughs> this is fantastic. What is the likelihood that we are going to run into more guards on the way back to the ship? Highly likely. Okay. Hmm. I could steal one of their uniforms. So I know that there was a secret passageway that I came down. Would I have hap- happened to have seen, like... Not that they'd have maps for secret passageways, but like a matching painting, perhaps, that has another passageway in the hallway towards the, like just anywhere. Oh, is that a question I'm allowed to ask? It is. <laughs> it is. Because you're asking so... Yeah, a tunnel system exists. Mm-hmm. Um, let me take a look at my map here. You are of, of firm and correct suspicion that there is a tunnel system throughout this facility. And your best guess is that that might be the same picture used. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I look at my companions and I go, well, now I got to go on the best slide ride and I will tell you all about it later. But there is a secret tunnel system in case you didn't know. And I'm a wanted criminal. And I'm pretty sure that there's this one image that they use for it. So if we can like gather our crew and roll on out, we can find one of those pictures, pop into a tunnel and leave. I'm trying. (laughs) She is. You are still fighting this this guard right now. Uh, Oh, did we not stun him too? No, not yet. He's in the office. You guys are in the hallway. So this is still going on. So we'll go back to we'll go back to to Brandy right now. Um, Would you like to roll again to figure this out? Uh, Again, Arlen's still consumed with the control panel trying to turn off the alarms. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm thinking about how like. I know how I would do it, but how would Brandy do it? Brandy's a trained assassin. Brandy knows things. So what Brandy would do 
right? Is Brandy would drop to the ground, make him hold her full weight, right? And then like leg kick his knees out as she goes down. And then once he's on the ground, get him from behind. Like get the, I guess we're, we're dealing with like an electric screwdriver in the back. So that's her plan. Suddenly go, you know, full dead weight, <laughs> like quink, and then uh-huh. kick out his knees and try to get him on the back. And she's Fantastic. athletic enough to make that work. I can't. Um, <laughs> I just die. <laughs> Completely fair. Yeah, That's I'll give that to you. Yeah, I'll give that to you with easily two dice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, that's good. My So I have a five and my lowest was a two. Fantastic. You perform this maneuver like you've done it a million times, which you probably have. Brandy probably has. Um, the guard buckles under your entire weight just because he wasn't expecting it. Um kind of hunkers down. You get his knees out from under him. He falls. Your electric screwdriver goes right into his back. He's out cold. All right. We're in a control room. That is correct. So I'm going to look for secret passageway indicators on the panel because I heard my friend. Mm -hmm. As you hear this, you're looking at the control panel and it doesn't seem to have schematics or anything like that. This seems more like uh, it controls entrance into the brig in particular and maybe communications with the rest of the facility, um, but no schematics of such that you can easily pinpoint. Okay, then I'm going to do a blackout on communications and leave. Okay. Um, right? Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a plan, guys. Uh, grab some of these uniforms, uh, slip them on. I'm going to stay right here inside this cart where I can see out and shoot if I need to. Uh, And we are all going to pretend that uh, Arlen, uh, a.k.a. Brandy here in this jumpsuit, is a maintenance worker being escorted out of the emergency and direct all guards. Um, Aletha, this is going to be you. We need a good performance with with a different accent to... (laughs) (laughs) to direct all guards back towards the emergency plan yes that sounds like a plan oh yeah we have control of communications we could make an announcement officially they don't know that the office has taken over sure Mm -hmm. Uh, can you show me brandy where the radios are i do and I'd like you to be the one making the announcement, not me. (laughs) Uh, Aletha clears her throat and she goes, well, I'll ride up. Nope, that's not. That's still Southern. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. You press the button to communicate and immediately let go of the button to stop communication. (laughs) Uh, Do a robot voice. Yeah, Siri. Oh, I could do Siri. (laughs) She's like, hello, this is an announcement over your emergency system. We need all guards to be directed to the main offices. There has been an attack. The brigade issue has been solved. Please report to your duty stations now. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And she goes, well, now, did that sound all right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That sounds all right to me. Fantastic to me. Uh, Cool. Uh, As you're doing this, uh, again, uh, Arlen, still working on the controls, uh, he finally punches in a series of commands. The alarms shut off. Um, so it is relatively quiet now in the hall. Um, you don't hear anyone else approaching at the moment. You have two guards slumped down in the hallway. Um, and then you are, I'm going to assume, all donning security uniforms. Is that correct? I guess yes. except me, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
few minutes pass, you all take this. There were no confirmations or there was nothing that came back over the communication uh, console in regards to your announcement. Um, so you're not... Oh, we would put those on blackout afterwards so that gotcha. each one has to make yeah. their own decision rather than conferring. Fantastic. Uh, okay. So as we're doing this, um, you all get relatively uniformed up, maybe a little bit looser, maybe a little bit tighter here and there, but you think relatively passable. Uh, you make your way back down the hall, uh, out of the, the brig, um, back into what would be considered the main hallway, the big ring that goes around uh, Atlas. Um, and are we heading back towards the Mercury? Yes. Yes. hundred times yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Making our way down, uh, no one seems to be stopping you yet. You have seen one or two groups of guards heading in the opposite direction, passing you. No one seems to be paying too much attention. Um, and as we're getting closer, over your comm um, comes Dramsk again, and he says, all right, um, we're, we're, we're almost ready to, to depart because we have to be out of here in, in about two hours' time at most, and this ship takes a little bit to warm up, so please let me know that. How, how close are you guys? What's going on? I heard the alarm stopped. Uh, well, you should probably warm up that ship like right now and our ride home. Um, this is going to be what we like to call a quick exit. Uh, he doesn't answer back, he, or doesn't answer immediately back. He takes a second and just says, uh, all right, I'll get it started right now. Here we go. And cuts that off. You can remember from where you're going, uh, remember where you're going from coming back this way. Uh, as you're moving, what you see near every mounting, or I'm, I'm sorry, every dock for a ship are two more armed guards, almost as if they're trying to secure down each ship as they go. Um, you're passing one, and then you see, you know, you remember that around the corner is the dock for the Mercury, uh, as the, what, one, two, three, four, five of you at this point uh, are approaching. There are two guards stationed outside the dock of the Mercury. Both of them kind of look at you. Each one holds up a hand and says, hey, what's going on? What do you guys got? Um... Aletha steps forward and she goes, we were told that there was a maintenance request down here. We uh, brought in the maintenance guy. I figured it'd be prudent to protect them with the chaos going on. All right. Um, with everything going on, they got maintenance requests that they're handling right now? Well, we are only two hours out from the beginning of the race. Are you going to deal with the angry captains if we don't get the maintenance request done? One of the guys looks and they both look at each other and says... All right, she's, she's got a point. Um, all right, yeah, cool. Let's let's go. Let's let's start unloading the ship. Um, or I'm sorry, let's unlock the port. Uh, one of them turns, starts working on the panel. As this is happening, you hear um, coming from behind you, basically the opposite direction. Uh, you hear shouts coming off saying that the uh, the Mercury's this way. We need to get Leon right now. Um, so coming around, uh, Aleda, you recognize this voice. It's Toro. Oh, well, she shakes her head and she says, I really wish that I didn't hear that. And she kind of knocks on the the cart and she is hoping that Eddie is going to stun these two fools so they can get on and leave. Come, so that's <laughs> or barricade. Three dice coming right up. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. I got a five, a two and a one. All successes, those two guards slump to the ground. If you'd like one last insight, or not one last insight, but another insight, we are getting close here. Uh, feel free to ask away. Uh, I, I don't think I, my number's a four, not a five. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. So two two successes and then a failure, is that correct? Yes. Okay, both of them still slump to the ground. 
Um, yeah. The two successes were well enough under there. Uh, as that happens, you happen to stun him before he could actually unlock the door. Uh, it was such an immediate reaction. So the door is still locked. Again, you have the red red light showing that the door is sealed. Um, and the voices approaching are getting closer, little by little. Brandy? Hey, uh, Brandy? I unlock the door? Question mark? I don't know. I'm going to apply this electric drill, my electric mm-hmm. screwdriver, and yep. I'm going to try to remember how to open electric doors. I got, I have a five and I got a five. Okay. You are, you've just been very lucky with this electric drill. It pops right <laughs> open. If you, okay. So if you'd like the insight, you're more than welcome to. Um, I want to know. So Toro's responsible for doing the betting. We've got sort of a situation of power here because they're in charge of security and this is a security snafu, right? So I want to, like, I think the piece of information that I need is it's the comms. That's how we take them down, guys. If we use the comms to announce what he's been doing to everybody, right? He's It's illegal gambling, right? He's at risk just like we are. So if we expose this guy and if we shine light on him, so we just need, like... And we the don't, access we don't code even need, to the comms. Can I hack into the comms? Is what I want to know because I've, I'm not in the guard station anymore. I should have done this before I left the guard station. But like, I'm in the bay with the ships now. There's got to be some kind of announcement system here too, because when ships dock, they need to like arrange this. So I can I I've got a plan, guys. I'm gonna try to hack into the comms for the whole station. We don't need evidence, we just need suspicion. If they suspect that he's guilty, and if they investigate, they'll find the evidence themselves, because he is actually guilty. So I gotta expose this guy. Yes, and you are All yes, right. you are aware that there is a, a broadcast comm system basically in the docks because yeah, ships have to announce each other. Yeah. It has to be like an overhead PA. So yes, you do so have to. That so that's the insight I want. Where's the broadcasting comms in this area? It's going to be in a so imagine uh, every airlock leads into this main hall. Every few airlocks, there is a basically uh, a station where captains check in when they come in and um, dock. So mm-hmm. the check-in station, luckily, is one dock down from where the Mercury is. So you can see it from where you are. It's kind of around the corner. This is a big donut. Uh, so it's right at the edge, uh, but you are also not sure how far Toro is on the other side. Okay. I have a solution for that. Yeah. Let's um, go. Uh, Aletha looks at the ship employee. She first of all, she goes, "Do I need to make the announcement, or are you? This is very important. Answer yes or no." You. All I did was open the. Okay. All I did was open the door. So now, Jerry, Arlon, and even Deidre can go back into the ship. Ah, uh, uh, Jerry is he's the not old dude one, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she goes. Aletha pulls off her bow and hands and shoves arrows. And she goes, Jerry, I know you probably never used a bow before. Good news is it's a stick with a string and a pointed stick with rock. You hook the rock pointed away from you. You pull the string back and you just let go. Just do that about uh, five or ten times and that should hold them off long enough. Ready? Go. And she runs off to go do the announcement. He just wide eyed like nods and takes the bow and a couple arrows and just not even firing at anything in particular. Just starts sending arrows down this hallway towards the direction of Toro. Yeah, because she's not trying to kill them. She's just trying to distract them. Just trying to distract. Yeah, absolutely. Understandable. Uh, So, yeah, that leaves... Well, he's causing a distraction. So you have time to make it over to the station. Did you get the... Do we need to roll for the comm hack? Or can I just... 
make the announcement. Oh, no, we'll, we'll go. I'm sorry. You I'm are, gonna go um, with it's... you so I can hack the comms. And yeah, exactly. Can make yes. um, as you both approach, you notice that there, it doesn't really need too much hacking. It's, it's a communications console meant to announce things, so it's literally just a button that says broadcast. <laughs> Hacked. Nice and I and push simple. it. <laughs> <laughs> as you push it, there's a there's a chime overhead, kind of like an announcement chime, like be prepared for something that's going to be announced, but nothing after that because you haven't said anything yet. Well, now, you party people on this wonderful ship, I do just want you to know that your furious leader, Mr. Toro, here has been running an illegal gambling ring and fell right into our clutches for an investigation. However, we do have to make our exit pursued by a bear, perhaps, and we do need you to do your own investigating. Have a nice day and don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. As they, as, as... Brandy and Aletha take off. Um, the door is open, so Jerry and Arlen, pulling the trash can, are, are trying to get back into the ship. Um, Eddie, from your position, you see that Toro and three guards have rounded the corner uh, and are they hear what's going on. So Toro, wide-eyed as he's running, he's frantic. He's like, no, 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 no. Trying to keep hold of what's going on here. The three guards next to him kind of look at him suspiciously, but they're still going along with what they're going. They are charging towards the dock where the Mercury is towards you. You are standing between them and Brandy and Aletha behind you at the comm station. I am a hidden secret cannon underneath a cart. 100% you are. So... I am going to just pull out that trusty uh, laser pistol, mm-hmm. um, poke it around the curtain there, and start firing off sh- shots. Toro first. Fantastic. Um, just blindly shooting off? Or are you trying to aim a little bit? Oh, no, I can see. All right, then, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to target Toro first, and I'll see how many guards I can take down before anybody gets to me. Okay. Okay. I got a four and a two. Okay, uh, you easily down two of them, leaving one and you said guards first and then Toro? No, Toro first. Toro first. You down him. He, he falls to the ground easily. Two shots, perfect. Um, one is st- uh, stopped, say, say in his tracks. He takes the force of it, but stops. The other two are still running out. They see Toro f- uh, fall, but now that there's someone shooting at them, they're both invested in this. Both pull out a weapon, start firing at the cart. Um, but while that's happening, you do get a question if you'd like, since you forward it, you laser feelinged it. Um, up to you if you want that. Mm-hmm. How brave are these guards? On a scale of one to 10, these guards are probably a six. Okay. Uh, so they are firing at the cart. Fives, six, and that's a three. Uh, one shot sails over, fl- uh, sails over easily missing. Um, you do notice that these are not green energy. These are red uh, bolts that are flying past. One does smash into the cart. Um, doesn't go through. The cart absorbs, but you do see from where you are, one part of the cart in front of you is red glowing and cracking. Uh, moving over back to Brandy and Aletha. You make the broadcast. You can see that there are some red energy projectiles flying towards the cart. You also see Eddie duck down firing back. Oh no, Eddie might die. I run to his assistance. I got mm-hmm. a screwdriver. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, did either one? Uh, neither one of you took another gun, did you? No. Nope. Aletha sighs, uh, sighs, and she's like, "Well, 
we had a nice run to her <laughs> cloak and she throws her cloak at the people shooting to try to distract them she's very upset about losing her cloak <laughs> it flies through the air and kind of blankets for a second and then just falls to the ground <laughs> takes a shot or two as it's flying through the air um you all convene back at this cart uh eddie is still inside brandy and Alethe are now hiding behind it no i would have rushed the guard Oh, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. It's not a great idea. I mean, definitely. But you (laughs) charge right into them. Uh, Do me a favor. Give me, uh, give me a roll for feelings. Okay. Can we say I helped because I threw my cloak? Because that's what she was trying to do was help. Because she doesn't got. She doesn't have her weapon. Yeah. Brandy gets two rolls for feelings. The first one was a three. Okay. I have to get a six or a five. Five or a six. The second one was a five. Fantastic. Oh, I love this. Because of the cloak. I love this. You do. So, uh, Olathe, you throw this cloak and it goes into the hall, uh, or it kind of fills the area just a little bit. As it falls, imagine like a slow-mo of this uh, cape cloak falling down, and from behind it is just a madly screaming, weapon-drawn brandy running at these two guards. Um, Both of them completely taken aback. Stagger for a moment and darn near fall, giving uh, Brandy just enough time to basically get over there and get a hit on each one of them if she would like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, we're Actually, no, we're going to say with the five, that's, yeah, you got a five. Um, easily, you charge into them. You knock them both to the ground. You're <laughs> able to maintain your footing. Uh, you get an insight if you want. You see Toro lying on the ground next to another guard who's too dazed to really do anything. Uh, mm. But I'll give you an action before we continue on with this. Okay, my laser feeling insight. I want to look around and see if they would pursue a fleeing ship. Like, do they have a security ship around here? And if so, I want to shoot it before we leave. With the ship's, <laughs> ship, with the ship's cannons. <laughs> before we leave. So. But um, I, that, that's for later. But just identifying the security ship for now. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, looking around, you look at a couple docks, and you've been paying attention to the docks as you kind of travel through. Um don't see anything that's labeled security ship. Okay, good. I don't have to blow up anything yet. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah. Okay, so we're back at this. We have two guards that are on the ground attempting to to reorient themselves. Uh, Brandy, you are standing there with them. Sprinting. Uh, Olathe, now I'm sprinting back to the ship. Back like, to the ship. So the whole point's just to, okay, come on, out of the cart. Let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so, go, go. Yep, we yep. see this. Uh, you all get into the hallway. You all are sprinting towards the, the Mercury. The door is open, and Leon is standing there ushering you in, like waving for you. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, the ship has been warming up since this whole debacle started. Um, <laughs> as you... Three, enter the ship. He slams the control panel. The door seals shut. Uh, immediately, you feel the ship start to shudder. Um, he says, quickly, quickly, get into the bridge. Everyone get locked in. We're going to be getting out of here very, very, very quickly. He makes a mad dash back for the cockpit, for the control room. You all do. There's enough chairs for everyone, as long as you'd all like to sit down and strap in. Uh, mm-hmm. And as he does this, you see Arlen at another station. You see Jerry. You see Deirdre is strapped into a chair, still relatively unconscious, um, <laughs> but she's slowly waking up. Uh, looking out the the main window of the ship, you see Atlas is starting to starting to pull away from Atlas. Uh, there are alarms. You hear comms, yelling coming over the comm in the front of the ship. Uh, Leon slaps something to shut all that off. And the ship starts to slowly drift away from Atlas, at which point Leon turns to you 
three sitting there and says, what happened? <laughs> well, you heard it. We got your people back. Now, if you could kindly pay us so we can go home, that'd be great. He seems kind of bewildered. He's like, Toro, Toro was, was, was running. The, what? He was gambling. I knew he was gambling. I made my bets through him, of course. But I was betting for us to win. I didn't. Oh, dear. Uh, well, when you did that, he wanted your money, so he kidnapped your crew. And oh. then the person who would have won also bet on themselves to win. But if they were disqualified because they were framed for stealing your people, then he would have gotten the money from both of you. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of runs his hand through his hair and looks through, looks to the rest of the crew. They're both frantically working on their stations as you're pulling away further from Atlas. Um, at the same time, if you're looking out, you can see some other ships are starting to detach. The clock that is in the bridge is now reading 45 minutes. Um, and Leon just kind of looks and says, well, I mean, <laughs> I can't help but say it, but it looks like we're going to make this leg of the race. I'm, I'm so unsure of exactly how this is going to pan out once we hit the next leg, but what I can at least say is you got me my crew back, and that's, that's amazing, first of all. Um, Jerry and Arlen just kind of look at each other. Deirdre's finally waking up, and she's looking at everyone. She looks at, at Brandy in particular and I wave. is about to go scream something, um, <laughs> but kind of tucks it back a little bit. She's struggling at this chair. Um, you feel the, the ship starting to, to shudder a little bit more as if like picking up momentum. You're starting to pull away faster from Atlas. And Leon says, well, I... I really wish there could be more of a, of a ceremonious goodbye, but we need to get to speed as quickly as possible. Um, he looks to <laughs> Eddie and says, you still have the control device I gave you back on your planet, correct? Yeah. Yep. He says that will function my, my uh, shuttlecraft. You're more than welcome to take that back down to, to your planet. It's already programmed. Don't worry uh, about needing to fly it. It'll get you down there. Uh, and then when you're done, motions the device he's like there's a there's a recall function just go ahead and hit that and it'll send it right back to me but uh not to not to seem ungrateful but he grabs another bag he goes over to a storage locker pulls out a small case um holds it out to to you for whoever wants to take it he's like i promised you another half of the payment um but again not meaning to be rude or maybe curt but please get off my ship quickly <laughs> well this has been an adventure I will see you later, Captain. And Olathe's in the ship. She's ready to go home. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, you all make your way into the ship. Uh, Eddie, you're able to, once you're all inside and strapped in, it closes, it starts to take off. Um, it breaks away from the orange ship, the Mercury. You see um, lots of ships breaking off from Atlas. Uh, most are, are moving faster and faster before they just kind of take off in the blink of an eye um, as... The, the shuttle takes you back closer, back, back towards Earth. You, you go, um, the ground starts to get closer and closer. Uh, you, again, pass through it like a pretty bright green flash um, before you start to recognize the buildings and things that you've seen before. Um, the shuttle sets itself down in the same clearing that you took off from. Um, and the uh, back door drops, ramp extends, and the ship just kind of, it's just hovering there for a few seconds. It's not really coming to a quick standstill. I'm looking at gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, opening the case, you see that there are uh, 12, 12 bars of the same size of everything that you uh, got the three of earlier. 
Nice. I give four to Eddie and four to Aletha, and I just walk off the ship looking at my gold. <laughs> gold. <laughs> um, yeah. Any Anyone else like to, to wrap up their exiting of the ship in any way, shape, or form? Nope. <laughs> I just want to get home here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aletha's ready to go home. Take a nap. And you still have that map of all the, are any of them Earth? You can look at that map later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so as far as what everyone retained, uh, Brandy, you have a new Arlen jumpsuit uh, <laughs> along with your screwdriver. Um, Eddie, you now have an interesting looking blaster. You, uh, Whoever took the armor, you're all still wearing that armor. Um, and the uh, as the last of you step off the ship, the controller, Eddie, in your hand kind of chimes a bit. You see a command come up that says recall. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, yep, if you'd like, you can press that and send it on its merry way. Okay, so I got the question. What if I don't push that button? <laughs> Who's to say? Could we just have a spaceship? <laughs> Who's to say? Eddie, now, I know you want to keep the spaceship, but they might come find us if we have a spaceship, and I'm not too keen on them coming down here and finding us again. Okay, so are you saying I shouldn't do it because you're not being clear? <laughs> <laughs> Hit the button, Eddie. Hit the button. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we'll get you back home one day. And I, I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, or maybe you can find a new home here. Well, th- I, I suppose that's country. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy when my friends start talking like me. <laughs> Makes us feel like family. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. I hate it. Why would you do this to me? I'm Italian. Come on. We we, we talk correct. Do you go ahead and push it? Do you send it back? Yes. Okay. You push the button. There's a couple more chimes. Uh, you toss the controller back in um, and the ship closes up and uh, just takes right back off. No loud noises. No nothing. Vanishes up into the blue sky and leaving you three standing in the clearing um, after a very, very interesting adventure. And that is going to wrap up our our laser and feelings adventure this uh, today, this week. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us. We had Eddie. It's been fun, y'all. We had Olatha. Well, now you come on back. And we had Brandy. I'm Ohm, spelled O-H-M. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. It's the part of the show where we do a promotion swap with another podcast. If you'd like to do a promotion swap with us, contact us at firebreathingkittenspodcast at gmail. Have you heard of the Play On podcast series from Next Chapter Podcasts? This is where theater meets podcast, combining the modern-day audio phenomenon with the power of live performance. Play On Podcasts are epic audio adventures reimagining timeless tales, featuring original music composition and the voices of extraordinarily gifted artists. Check out Play On Podcast.